Welcome back to the Brave Podcast. My name is Angelo, aka Exploring with Angelo here on YouTube. Normally you find me out there hunting ghosts, going to strange places, going to abandoned places, that sort of thing. Here on this show, the Brave Podcast, we do something a little bit different. We bring in guests a lot of the time and have uh, pretty random conversations about just about anything. Um, so today is going to get a little bit interesting because we're going to talk about uh, business, um, you know, self-help sort of stuff and mindset and uh, pretty important stuff. But before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host, Moshi. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Muhammad. I'm Mo on uh, YouTube and Instagram. I'm Moshi Yo. And today I need to remind you, hey, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, and we're on Apple Podcasts. So after you finish this episode, give us a five-star rating, please. That'd be cool. It'd be so cool of you. Today I'm going to introduce my new friend, Alex Kanzian. Did I pronounce that right? Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to the show, Nailed Alex. it. Thank you guys for having me. Thank so, um, yeah, it's been a little while since we've seen each other. I think uh, the last time we saw each other was probably pickup soccer. Yeah, I it was think. a WhatsApp group. Yeah. Maybe about two years ago. Yeah, something like that. I don't even know how, I don't even remember how I got involved in that. I think somebody from our old team, Steve. which is right, how, which is how we originally met. And it's kind of funny how everybody, this is such a small world because everybody kind of knows each other because you know Steve. Steve. Somehow tall, you knew Steve. Tall Steve. 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 Yes. He went to North yeah. Park. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah so, um, but yeah, a lot of you guys who are probably watching don't know, but I used to be absolutely obsessed with soccer or football. Um, and I used to play up into, you know, my adult ages and then uh, eventually just got really busy here on YouTube and just really don't have the time. Plus, sometimes I'm not even really in the country all that often. Mm -hmm. um, now more so than before, because obviously we're working on the podcast and uh, I'm just kind of committed to that. But that's how we met. So we had... Uh, we had a team years ago. What did we? What was the name of the team? I don't even remember oh, it anymore. It was it was an Arsenal yellow jerseys. Yeah. I think the we were called machine. Iceborne. Oh, no. Iceborne first, and then I think it was the Mean then Machine. Then we changed the Mean after. Machine. Yeah. yeah. So um, those were some good times. And so. you supplied us the jerseys for it. I did. Let's remember. I did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So back in the day, Mo, Mo and I used to own a business where we used to do sporting goods. Uh, we started out really with jerseys and things oh, like that. Oh, shoot. I didn't know you were with them. Yeah. yeah. So Mo was actually uh, my business partner in that. And um, yeah, and then I... Uh, basically got involved with the the team and we needed jerseys so i just ordered them for everybody pretty much at cost i don't think i really like made any profit on that just because it was for every all of just us guys well right? now that so, i know that i yeah. appreciate it yeah wow. no worries no worries um but yeah it was uh was a good time playing uh at the time i was actually playing on two teams i was playing with you guys and then i was playing with um uh some co-ed team so girls and, and dudes um both teams kind of so I, I'd say Mean Machine was probably a little bit better because we ha actually had some players who knew how to play. And then obviously we had a couple <laughs> of weak links. Um, but even with that, it was funny because we actually there was one season we did pretty good. Like I think we, we went did a distance. couple of good seasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. we did so. pretty well because I think we were like the oldest team, one of the oldest teams in the league. Yeah. Yeah. But we knew like coordination where mm -hmm. we're going to be on the field. And yeah, I do agree. I did get competitive. So as well as others, <laughs> though, it was it was a great yeah. league, right? It was, yeah. It's now called Paramount now because it used to be called oh, the Hershey. Yeah, they changed the uh, the name of the building. If any oh. of you guys are from Mississauga, Ontario, you know what we're talking about. But yeah, that's where we used to play our men's league. And then I was also doing co-ed at the time. I played on a whole bunch of different uh, random leagues. I remember one team that I played on 
Um, it was like a 35 and up. It was outdoor in Bolton. It was the Bolton Wanderers Club. Oh, that's it, a great club. Yeah, and it was 35 and up. Was like 35 was the average age that of the the teams overall that were supposed to play. But most of the guys that we were playing with were like 55, 60. Ooh, years oh my old. god! So it was Never tough. Mind. <laughs> yeah, and then it was me. My friend Sal was there for a little while. We were like probably 19 20 years old so we were like trying our best to to carry the team because we were the only ones who had for one experience and number two um you know our age kind of benefited us because mm -hmm. we were you know faster we had uh we could play longer and stuff like that was that but the league that you couldn't slide tackle that's pretty much every league. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that was that was just like an adult league, right? Okay. So nobody wanted to slide tackle and because people had to work like the next day. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. So um, they didn't want to, you know, do that. But good times, man. I remember uh, I wish I could I still had more time in my life to, uh, you know, be able to play more sports. But, you know, duty calls sometimes, right? You got to focus on, uh, on your business and yourself. And I think that's what we're going to have uh, quite an interesting conversation about Ooh. tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, things like mindset, like I had mentioned, and what it takes to kind of be successful in sales and business, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit more about what you're up to these days. Like, what are you doing? Oh, boy. Well, I just want to say, because of soccer in mm -hmm. our league, that's how I met you. Yeah. It was through Rafiq. A lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. But if it weren't for that, I would never have met you and even be here. So it's amazing how mm -hmm. connections work out these days, right? Yeah, exactly. As far as me goes, geez, I mean... You want me to start from the beginning or what am I sure, doing now? Oh, yeah. Okay. This is crazy. Um, I actually was like, thought I was going to be a meteorologist when I was like oh, really? 10 or 11, 12 years old. It's so stupid, but like, I want to be like a storm chaser, like ch oh, catch dude, tornadoes. I used to watch National that's Geographic. Super cool. That yeah. was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but then I realized that I wasn't good at science. So uh, all this, you know how it is, like teachers when yeah, they're young, yeah. they're like, What's your career gonna be? Yeah, like grade eight, grade nine, grade ten, and you just have to think of an answer. And if you mm -hmm. don't, then there's something wrong with you. So <laughs> I had to think of something that I was watching, and that was the first thing came up to mind. And I think one summer I went to Environment Canada, did like a tour of what they did. It seemed pretty interesting, but I tell you, science was not my thing. No, <laughs> no. I guess if you, it's it's kind of like I guess being a doctor and not knowing, you know, the anatomy is a little bit of a bad combination i guess <laughs> let alone right? the student loans yeah because it takes yeah. you 10 years to pay it off oh yeah for real no so you had to be all in and i guess at that time i was like no that's not for me um but actually it's funny i'll tell you guys a funny story so grade 10 uh that was 2002 for me the first two classes of the day was math and science and the world cup was on that year it was, I think it was uh, Japan and South Korea. Mm -hmm. And the time zones was like 4 or 5 a.m. Yeah. games. And you know how much we love soccer. Yeah. I didn't miss any game. But at the end of that year, it was June usually when the World Cup is. I failed both those classes. Oh. And of course. I wonder why. We're mo motivated to watch soccer. But that's the thing. My parents didn't believe me. They thought, yeah. oh, what's wrong with you? Yeah. You're not getting uh, good grades. I'm like, I was playing and watching soccer mm -hmm. all the time. So I had to suck up one month of summer school to prove them wrong yeah. but funny enough yeah science was out of the equation after that but i got into radio broadcasting at seneca i was okay. there from 05 to 08 that was awesome mm -hmm. um every thursday throughout the whole campus you get like a, a one hour 
two-hour session of playing your own music. You do a new segment. You do sports. Mm-hmm. I had people tuning in to Seneca Radio from Brampton, Woodbridge, people that I knew. It was great. That's super cool. And it was awesome. And that's when Facebook just came out mm-hmm. right after MySpace, yeah. right? I think there was High Five, MySpace, and then Facebook. And then it reunited people that I haven't seen in a while from, like, elementary school. That was awesome. So I did that for... You know, it was a three-year accelerated program. We went through the summers, and then um, what was your plan for that? Like, so you, you signed up for the the radio broadcast course. What did you want to do? With that? I wanted to be on air and just be maybe in sports, yeah. like the Fan Five Ninety mm. or the Edge mm. One Hundred Two. Yeah. I was a big Edge yeah. One Hundred Two fan. Kudos to my dad. We used to listen to the history of new music mm-hmm. and all that on with, Sundays. Uh, oh, what was his name? Um, Alan Cross. Alan Cross. Yeah, good Legends. times. He Legends. always had that grit voice, yeah. and he just makes you want to just keep on listening. Yeah. And then they had the all-request hour. But besides that, that was the goal. And once I graduated, I realized, oh, shoot, all the people in my class, I'm competing for them for this career. And oh, it hit yeah. me, and things got ugly at certain points <laughs> where, oh, all of a sudden people were friends playing hacky sack on breaks and all of a sudden they're like i'm gonna get this job and you're not so anyways i did some volunteer at aboriginal voices radio just mm-hmm. for you guys know i am half aboriginal and half italian so oh, cool. there was a little bit of an advantage but i'm mm-hmm. not gonna say no to it so i did that and then i believe i was gonna get an opportunity to work at least part-time and then go full-time production work mm-hmm. but i saw like the light at the end of the tunnel is like, okay, you know what? Get your feet wet in production and then work your way up to be a jock. But mm-hmm. with that being said, just before that happened, it was the recession, which is essentially the last recession yeah. before COVID. Mm-hmm. So, so that was that, what, 2008, 2009 yeah. in between. Mm-hmm. So that happened. Meanwhile, on the side, I've been working at a grocery store for about six years at that point. Side gig money. It was good times. Mm-hmm. And... I said, you know what, what's the, what's the second career I want to do? And then my dad says he wants to retire at 55 years old. By the way, for the record, right now he's living happily, mm-hmm. loving retirement. So it's like, I want to get into finances. How does he retire at 55? Mm-hmm. A lot of people say the narrative is to retire at 65. So yeah. pursued you know, finances. I was at a bank for about seven years. Obviously, you know, you plateau, you want to get something more out of it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I deserve more for what I got paid for. And uh, I decided to, you know what, I want to work at like a Porsche dealership. I'm emphatic with cars. I can talk cars all day. I saw mm-hmm. your Hot Wheels there. It brings me. Those are Moe's Hot Wheels. Oh, those are Moe's Hot Wheels. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought it was his. I thought it was his. But he did have a Subaru. You got to keep in mind, right? Yeah, I still so, have a Subaru. There you Subaru, go, right? Subaru forever, right? There so, you go, right? I'm never a point A to point B kind of guy, yeah, right? Yeah. But um didn't work at a Porsche dealership but I worked at a still do I work in the finance department take away my banking skills and try to get people approved for financing we do cash deals we work with all different kind of cars so we try to get the best interest rates the best you know safety reliability all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then on the side uh I also uh do like financial protection investment strategies diversifying people's portfolio so there's no loopholes we want to make sure that all of their financial blueprints are indestructible there's nothing that's out of the ordinary Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i mean i do a little bit of digital currency on the side as gambling stuff but that's just that's like uh like cryptocurrency yeah i mean it gives me a little bit of like 
passive right. income, yeah. which is awesome. Uh, I never thought I'd get into it, but I know that if I lose it, I'm okay because mm-hmm. it's, that's where I put that pool in, right? But yeah. yeah, that's what I'm doing, man. Just uh, helping people with their, you know, helping lives is mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I don't like flexing what I do. I say, look, you need help, I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know how to get a hold of me. And yeah, that's that's the way we're going to go. Nice. We'll see what happens from there. No pressure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, the way I see it, um, a lot of the finance industry for years has just been in a place where it was beneficial to the finance companies and not so beneficial to the average and ordinary people out there who could not be served uh properly so to say like we've had our friend daniel on here and he does something similar um he works with uh another company that deals with um you know term life insurance and investments debt and all that kind of stuff and uh that's actually how mo and i became good friends we had met uh years before that working together at canadian tire or crappy tire as we call it in canada (laughs) Um, if you're canadian you know exactly what we're talking about um but yeah so we met there and then eventually he brought me into the business and finance and i learned a lot uh about you know mindset and business and working for yourself and all that fun stuff and uh i think that's kind of why like what you talk because you do a lot of stuff on TikTok. I don't know if you're on YouTube or plan on going into other uh, social media avenues. Um, but a lot of the stuff that you talk to is uh, is very interesting. It's a lot of the stuff that I remember learning years ago when uh, I was just kind of starting out in business and finding my way as I was uh, a young adult and uh, trying to succeed and achieve something. Um, and I always kind of saw myself as somebody that wanted to do something relatively unique. I knew I didn't want to, after high school, I knew I didn't want to go to school um, mm-hmm. just because, not that school's bad, however, I just didn't see the point in, you know, taking out huge amounts of loans to become a student and, um, you know, for no reason whatsoever and not end up using it for anything, right? I mean, if you're going to be a doctor, obviously you got to go to school. If you're going to be a lawyer, you want a lawyer. If you're going to hire a lawyer, you're going to want an educated lawyer, right? Not just some every average Joe Blow who said he read law out of a a library um which you can do too but you still got to be certified and whatnot so that way you can work in a certain industry so i kind of knew that i didn't want to take that sort of direction and i had uh, been given a sort of course in financial literacy through the company so i was able to get licensed in the mutual funds area i was licensed at one point in uh, the life insurance field i never knew that yeah so that was that was a long time ago and then uh eventually we started our own business and then uh, eventually i ended up on youtube and my career is uh now here right but i feel like a lot of the things that i've learned over the years kind of helped me um not only get to where i was but kind of figure out how to how to organize it even here on youtube how to kind of treat it like you know it's fun you're able to be creative but also kind of treat it in a way that it's like a business right like we were talking before the show about um you know treating things like hobbies obviously don't pay very well you know if you collected you know hockey cards or um random little things maybe when you were younger obviously it didn't pay very well so i was kind of had the mindset of yes we're going to have fun here on youtube we're going to do something very unique and cool and uh but also kind of treat it like a business at the end of the day so i feel like a lot of the mindset that i learned from the businesses that we had in the past um, and obviously learning information from a lot of other people having uh interesting conversations which we're about to do here um but yeah what are your kind of so do you technically work for yourself is that what you do well it's a brokerage Mm -hmm. right so basically we can write things off like receipts, 
you know, taking the 407 to get to certain destinations. So mm-hmm. there are perks to it. Um, it will say this, it is challenging. So yes, mindset is everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not just for someone's career. Yeah. I mean, it's as it's a good analogy is, you know, I start 5 a.m., go to the gym. That just keeps the mind focused. Or yeah. the Wim Hof method. I don't know if anyone's even familiar with that. Breathing. You know, the breathing. Is what it is? But the cold shower or the cold plunge. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now, I don't have a cold plunge uh, device, but cold I do showers. do the cold showers. It is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Fully recommended. But what, what would you say when it comes to cold showers? Like, what, is it, what does it do? It kind of, well, to a psychological standpoint... The reptilian brain all of a sudden goes to fight or flight mode, mm. right? And it's like tr- you're trying to like battle it. It's cold at first because once again you're going into the uncomfortable, you know, realm. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you master it two or three or four days, and then all of a sudden it becomes like you just feel like you're focused and ready for the day. Yeah. And it's like you have a blueprint ready to go for you. Right. It's just hard to explain unless you try it out yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's like you going into a pool and instead of going in slowly or on a, a you beach, just jump right you just in. jump right yeah. in. And that's what it is. But you have to stay there for a good few minutes. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that's your baseline. Then you get better and better mm-hmm. and better. Now, for the record, I mean, if you have like health issues, <laughs> please Maybe. don't do it. Contact I mean, your doctor before you yeah, do anything. You had to not take this as health. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have experiences of yeah. hypothermia, yeah. Uh, like please don't do it, <laughs> right? But it's the same thing. Like mindset is the first thing. It is the foundation, I think, to get you to where the results go. Back to what I do, you know, helping people with cars, helping people with investments. It's a product. Mm-hmm. People are going to be like, okay, I'm not really interested in it. you got to pinpoint the short-term and the long-term results to get to them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. As everyone has a vision, you got to paint that. you got to put that yeah. person in that imaginary state, right? Even the word just saying, imagine, you know, you, God forbid, you pass away. You know, your family is going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have to move schools? Or does your, you know, does the does your wife have to have two jobs to support your family? Then all of a sudden that hits them. But until you say that without results, they're going to think you're just selling them something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to really put curiosity into it. But to know that you're not just a number, you're actually a person you're willing to help. So mm-hmm. when you were kind of mentioning earlier about, oh yeah, I took finances, I had mindset. I think all of that plays a role in our lives, which is why I'm probably gonna stay in this career for a long time, is Mm -hmm. because everyone's always gonna be needing that, especially during the COVID era, post-COVID era. People are still hearing the news of how crazy the interest rates are going up, inflation's going up. Of course, that's all they're gonna be talking about, but that's the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. You have to really brainstorm it and get rid of your emotions, What's the logical thing to do? Multiple source of income is the way to go. You can't mm-hmm. rely on one source. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, I think that's, uh, especially nowadays, it's... Uh, adaptable. You have yeah. to be adaptable yeah, exactly. in this society, in this real world. Like, life's mm-hmm. unfair. I get it. Well, we're oh, yeah. all going through. You just got to keep moving without regret, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when things get tough and uh, you're not making enough money, um, you know, you're having trouble trying to pay your bills. Um, for me, the one thing I was always taught was go out and make more money, right? And I know for some people that might be challenging, but try and think, I I do genuinely think every human being has some sort of sense or semblance of creativity where they can come up with some type of maybe service or product that they can create or, you know, 
buy wholesale and then resell it on the market and uh, be able to maybe, like you said, make another uh, stream of revenue. And I think that would be very beneficial for people. But I feel like a lot of people put themselves in this box and they can't seem to figure out a way to get outside of that box where they miss opportunities. Um, you know, they're just, oh, I'm not interested or uh, I don't, I don't have the extra time. And it's like, and then I see like people that I know that they always tell me um, that, you know, they're motivated to go out there and actually do something and be successful and maybe a side business or try to learn something different that could actually make them an extra revenue stream. And then you end up seeing how much time they're flipping through TikTok. And then once they're done with TikTok, <laughs> they're going through Instagram reels. And then after that, they're playing a video game and they're like, oh, I'll get started in half an hour. Oh, I'll get started in an hour. Right. Um, and then by the end of the night, 11 12 o'clock rolls around and you're like oh well where did the day go right mm -hmm. so for me i kind of feel like um a lot of times some people have to put things in front of them i do that i make a lot of notes throughout the day of what i need to do agreed like yesterday mm -hmm. i had an entire to-do list and i knew i so i put them in priority obviously what needs to be done first which was like you know edit my main channel video uh get prepared for this um upload this and create two shorts uh do another short for the podcast channel just so it's uploaded and ready to go but i feel like a lot of people don't do that and then they just you know they never get around to doing things because they don't schedule it or plan it out and if, if it's out of sight out of mind right you know if you don't see it you're just not going to remember to do something right and that one little thing could be massively potential uh, have massive potential to help you succeed like for me i know that I hate doing them and I know my audience sometimes some of them some people don't really like seeing shorts because it's annoying because they prefer you know watching something for an hour like a movie like I normally do but they don't understand that a lot of times a short um, draws in new people or it gets people excited to watch a certain video or it might remind them of a video that they maybe missed um, but it can pull in a huge number of new audience members right which is beneficial to the business because obviously it costs a lot of money to do what it is that I do it's not you know something that I just get to do for free right so it's just like a teaser trailer yeah. for a movie yeah like a blockbuster movie that's coming mm -hmm. out like a year later and you're like oh my god I have to wait that long but yet you're saying that but you know you're gonna watch it yeah mm -hmm. right yeah, exactly. so that's a great hook yeah I do believe and by the way there was two things you mentioned that earlier that really hit home motivation mm -hmm. right we're not going to be motivated every day mm -hmm. right what comes next is discipline right that's what fathers are for you hope all fathers are like that <laughs> is to teach that to their to their son to their daughter discipline because motivation expires yeah right discipline is going to keep you going through that suffering stages right mm -hmm. david goggins if you guys ever watched that he's all about like he had to go through that suffering to get to his goals and his dreams of where he needs to be and i do think it's a non-negotiable for every guy out there you have to expect that and you just got to keep going yeah right i think that's why guys nights are very critical mm -hmm. <laughs> i feel like, each other accountable yeah right? for me i see a lot of especially with the, the new the you know generations that are younger there's how, how old are you oh boy I just turned 37, but 37. age is just a number. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't look a day over over uh, 29. So, um, yes. <laughs> but yes. I mean, so we're a little bit, you know, I'm 32. You're, I think, 34, 35, 35, yeah. 37. So we're all kind of, you know, within roughly more or less the same generation. Mm -hmm. um, but the one thing that I'm noticing more common than not with the younger generation is that they're very afraid of working hard and what i mean by working hard is things like um you know 
actually doing physical labor, like mm -hmm. going into construction or going into, uh, you know, some form of a trade or whatever it might be. And they get stuck in this routine where for years they end up at this dead end part time job after school, whether they went to school or didn't go to school. Um, and they're just afraid to get a little bit dirty, right, to do the things, even if they don't like it. Right. I mean, I've known tons of people who did jobs for many many years and they didn't like the job but they did it because maybe it paid well it helped their family or it gave them a better opportunity in the future they were able to you know make a larger income instead of you know working at uh, tim hortons or working at like a grocery store or something which there's nothing wrong with that but if you want to make a higher income we all know that construction workers make a half decent income in this country at the very least uh, construction workers other skilled trades like you know electricians plumbers that sort of thing and as they should yeah because they're absolutely. the ones that keeping the infrastructure yeah, intact. Yeah, absolutely. Right? They, these guys work work hard. They work tirelessly, right? Um, but I've, like, anytime I've recommended it, right? So if I talk to one of my friends who's much younger than us, he's, I think, like 24, 25 or something like that, and they're not really doing much of anything, right? But I'm like, okay, well, why don't you go into a trade? Or why don't you go into HVAC or something? Like, I know a guy in HVAC. I can get you a job, Right. Um, he's like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I'm like, well, why don't you go? My, you know, my dad works for a concrete forming company. I can get you a job there just like that. Right. If I wasn't doing this, that's probably where I would have been, at least for now. Mm -hmm. Right. To make, you know, a decent income to further get myself a little bit ahead. But they're like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. And then they stay stuck for years and doing the exact same thing. And it's like, OK, well, what do you like? What are you waiting for? Like, does something that you really want to do have to come and slap you across the face for you to get excited to actually want to do something right so okay well then you're going to stay stuck in the same position that you've always been in because you're afraid to try something that you don't know if you're going to like or not or you're just automatically thinking that you're not going to like right so it's just like food if you don't try it sometimes you won't you won't like it and then you try food and you're like oh well actually that turned out to be really enjoyable right mm -hmm. um it's kind of like wine you buy a bottle of wine that you don't know the brand of um and you're not sure if you're gonna like it but the only way you're gonna find out is by buying the bottle corking it and then trying it that's literally the only way and that sometimes works with you know careers and jobs and you know that type of stuff too so i do think the younger generation they're studs they're mm -hmm. studs there they're smart oh, there are. they're yeah, intelligent there are. but once again that uncomfortable mm -hmm. they don't like it no one likes it yeah. but we have to step into it yeah right it's like you're going on vacation somewhere no one likes to go in through customs to mm -hmm. get to where you got to go no one talks about that during your vacation no you're going to talk about where you're going to go and i think it also depends who they're hanging out with yeah, as well definitely. like i mean if all of them are envious of each other of trying to succeed that's not the best circle to be in you got to get rid of them right away i hate to say it but you know as much as i'm giving someone advice like you more you angelo i can't forge your signature you're gonna have to be the one that's gonna catapult you to the next step and yes that is being uncomfortable that's what you gotta go through yeah there's no if ands or buts about it it's i think it's perfectionism mm -hmm. if i think about it they don't want anything to go wrong but mm -hmm confidence is the action itself yeah right but also you could say maybe the people struggle with that they created an idea but they don't know how to do it or they don't know when to do mm -hmm. it action yeah. is the confidence factor and failure and quitting is not the same thing mm -hmm. right yeah i'm uh the, like you actually brought up a good point where you said uh, the younger generation um their ability 
the opportunities that they have, the ability to work smart rather than hard, right? Like I did go into the one side where, you know, working hard, whether it's, uh, you know, hard labor, uh, whether it's a skilled trade, that kind of stuff is a little bit of a combination of both, right? Because when you talk to somebody, let's say an electrician, they got to know how to wire up a house properly so that way they do not hurt themselves in the process and they also make sure that the house doesn't catch on fire when somebody finally moves in. But the other thing too is that the opportunity with technology, right? And there's so many people, like I know so many people um, after I kind of made it here on YouTube, made it, I guess being, you know, passing 100,000 subs and making a, a decent living and I'm doing okay, right? Um, but there's a lot of people that I've run into that all get this um, crazy idea where it's like they want to do YouTube themselves and they want to be successful. But, you know, months and months and months go by. They can't come up with a single idea to maybe go out and create a video. And then I hear all these other people, like like you mentioned, um, how there's a lot of people in the younger generation who are studs, who are actually being very intelligent about it. And I wanted to bring it up. A friend of mine, Luca, Luca DiCaprio, he moved out to, I'm not sure if you know him, he went to DeVille. Um, this guy is so intelligent, right? Just anytime I talk to him, whether it's, you know, politics or talking about technology, um, he's just, his ability to critically think is amazing, but he works super smart, hard, but also smart at the same time. And recently he came up with this idea and he's de currently developing an app. Well, he actually released it already, but he developed this app and it's just, it's absolutely genius. This app, what it does is it works, uh, side by side with another app so for example netflix so you'd be watching netflix and then you'd have um a woman on your screen or man or whoever the heck is showing up on the screen i just saw like a little widget of uh, what he was producing and basically it's doing sign language so somehow this program is reading what the people are saying in this show and there's a lady who's literally doing sign language wow. and i'm like dude that's that's incredible like that wow not only are you helping a lot of people because i thought about this because i get a lot of comments all the time of people who are either you know deaf or they're hard of hearing and when they watch my videos um a lot of the times there is closed captions on YouTube, but it takes a long time for it to process. And sometimes it's not always accurate. And then the brain right? doesn't really process right. it quickly enough. Right. Exactly. Right? So um, the issue that I have is that I get comments all the time like, oh, can you add closed captions? Can you do this? And can you do that? And it's like, honestly, dude, like I do all the work myself, right? From beginning to I go out and film. Uh, I edit all my own videos. You know, I'm planning other haunted locations or other uh, projects. And then we're also here. So I got, I got a lot to do. I don't have the time to sit there unfortunately i would like to but i don't have the time to sit there and, and create all the closed captions for every hour-long video that i do so i think it's like a really amazing idea and he said he's going to be working on the part for youtube specifically because i guess that's got to work with like the way their system is designed yeah. it's it's amazing but to my point is like the fact that he was had the ability to come up with something like that and it's such a genius idea and i wouldn't be surprised if he makes a lot of money and i'm all for it man. i, mean, I hope the, the guy makes millions of dollars on it um he absolutely deserves it like coming yeah. up with like it's uh, so obvious because there are huge communities mm -hmm. like that worldwide but yet you don't think of it yeah in the moment that you're conversing with someone like on this podcast and i hear that i'm like i'm all for that yeah like, like that's very innovative yeah, yeah. Man. It's, a, it's an amazing idea and i think he's going to go very very far with it um and he comes up with all, all sorts of other cool stuff too i see a well, lot i of can only imagine what's next <laughs> yeah crap. i can he's a he's a engineer by trade so he's uh really really intelligent but sometimes you got to take those those leaps of faith and try to do something and just kind of hope 
hope for the best because um, you don't really know all the time if things are going to work out. You just got to um, try it. Try the apple pie. You might like the apple pie, right? Or maybe you'll like the rhubarb, but you don't know unless you try it, mm -hmm. right? So um, I think we're all kind of on the same page with that. I mean, I know Mo is now um, trying to work a little bit more diligently on YouTube mm. and uh, I think you're motivated by obviously wanting to be successful for your family yeah. but also um, you don't want to be maybe stuck where you're at for the rest of your life I that's, think that's right important oh, um, I definitely want to work for myself yeah. I want to be all, the thing that that gets me the most about um, working a job for someone else is, is all your efforts are going towards them and yes yeah. it's, it's you know you're just getting a little, a little piece of the pie at the end of the end of the week um, where you know you can kill yourself and at the end of the year they're just like yeah you know what you did well this year here's mm -hmm. a five percent bump <laughs> and if, if, I, if I was just working that hard just purely for myself the, the you know the limits are, are, are the sky's the limit you yeah. can say so, you know what definitely you, it's you got to keep climbing those mountains the cl mountains just have to keep climbing non-stop you become stagnant then all of a sudden you become too comfortable yeah and sometimes even using certain vocabulary words you may have to even remove them entirely mm -hmm. like i even try to say or replace the word busy with productive it just sounds so much better throughout the day or the if i get home it's a long day instead of me saying i'm tired and exhausted i just say you know what i'm gonna I mean, it just hit the hay. Mm -hmm. it, sound, it sounds humorous, but I'd rather say that, but it just sounds so much better. I have right? certainly heard that the words you use have energy and they, they affect you. There's the things you're saying literally affects you. And so, like you said, saying I'm busy, that kind of puts you in a mode that's like, you know what, I'm kind of busy. I don't have to do this thing that, I've, that I could be doing, you know? So, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like, yeah. you can have 10 people in the room right now, and if they don't really want to talk today or they really don't know what to say, the first couple of things they're going to say is, yeah, I've been busy. Yeah. I've been good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? And then you get that response, busy's good, no? <laughs> right? But, I mean, busy could be good or bad. And it doesn't well, really mean anything, this right? Is, this is a mini funny thing. So this is a pet peeve of mine where when someone says, I say, how are you doing? Good. Mm -hmm. Nothing against the other person. I realized one day when I was at the bank, uh, it was a 10-story building. And I happened to be on this elevator where... All the colleagues knew each other, and I didn't know them because there's so many departments, right? And the, the the manager, office manager, said hi to every single one, which is great service. All of them said good. Mm -hmm. All of them said good. That was it. And maybe it's just me overthinking it, but good also can mean to someone as not good or mm -hmm. maybe good as that I don't want to talk to you yeah. or good as in my life is boring. Mm -hmm. There's so much stuff that's in that word. I don't even know what that word means anymore. Yeah. I'd rather someone say, you know what? I'm not having the greatest day. That mm -hmm. shows you're genuine, yeah. right? You're opening up. I know I don't expect everyone to make friends with people at work. That's not what I'm saying, but at least be true to yourself. It's like going to a restaurant. Maybe once again, this is me where you you get served by uh you know you get served by a server and they're faking the smile mm -hmm. like i don't i don't know what it is just tell me you're having a bad day mm -hmm. maybe that's not too much to ask i'll tip 20 30 percent for you saying i'm not having the greatest day you being up front with me so that i know if the service is lackluster i know you opened up to me at the beginning and set the expectations yeah. i'm all about customer service right but it's just so interesting how mm -hmm. that all works like good and busy it's just like well that's yeah. kind of vague it's kind of like just very yeah like you said very vague very generic responses um i remember one uh, when we used to be in the business i remember the the one response but that was more just as like a sales kind of thing was to always be like 
I'm fantastic. Mm -hmm. But sometimes by seeing it, you put it, even if you're having a shitty day, and then all of a sudden you tell people, oh, I'm doing fantastic, I'm doing great. You kind of almost, it's like placeboing yourself where you're saying it to yourself and you're like you're elevated yeah mm. you're, you're kind of like you're it, it has an effect on yourself when you say it because then you start thinking like am i fantastic you know what today's really not that bad i actually am doing fantastic today and that's just kind of the mindset that you end up going on with throughout the rest of the day or the week or whatever it might be right and in the so, end you may make their day as well that's yeah, always exactly. a good feeling hearing mm -hmm. that right absolutely yeah i feel like uh, uh people really need to smile more for mm -hmm. one i feel like people go around um especially here i don't know what it is everyone's in a rush nine yes. to five. yeah yeah everybody's and that's the one thing that i like when I go to the South US is I feel like I experience something different. Um, people are generally slower, not like obviously mentally or anything like that, but like they're just, they take more time. They slow down. They actually are willing to have a conversation, right? Where they're opening up and they're telling stories. And I don't find I get that as often when I'm like either here in Canada or in the northern part of the United States. But as soon as I go down south, like I'm talking like Georgia, Florida, um, you know, the uh, the deep south as they call it, um, those kinds of areas, just it's a slower pace, right? People, really? I feel like yeah, geographical. Yeah, I will say Nashville yeah. had amazing. Like I didn't expect it to be that awesome, but mm -hmm. it was awesome when I Nashville went. Is Everyone awesome. was so friendly. The the positive mm -hmm. vibes you're feeling. Everyone wants to I, be your friend. Yeah, <laughs> they're willing to take yeah. a few minutes of their day to see how you're doing. And I did not see any. I mean, I'm. It's a stretch, but didn't see anyone being sad or dissatisfied yeah. when we went on an airbnb there many yeah. years ago i was i would go there again that mm -hmm. was a great city yeah i've been i've been thinking about tennessee uh, uh very often but for me i personally like my favorites are like heading towards south carolina georgia i just find the people there are very welcoming and i have a I feel it has a lot obviously to do with their culture where it's southern style comfort right where they're very welcoming they they're they like bring you into their home cook you a home cooked meal that type of thing right whereas like in the north they're like okay come if you want to come and see me you got to have come have a quick coffee and then get the fuck out right <laughs> um whereas over there they're like no you stay as long as you want right like they're very um, just it's just a different culture I just think the upbringing yeah they already knew that values and principles are very important, mm -hmm. not just for strangers, but family, most yeah. importantly, I must say that, but anyone they come across with because it's just hardwired and yeah. ingrained in their brain, yeah. right? And th that's awesome. I remember going to Myrtle Beach many years ago and it was always a good time. Mm -hmm. South Carolina, baby. Yeah, yeah I like going to um, uh, Charleston. Charleston, South Carolina is really cool. I'm like a history buff, right? So I like, uh, see they have a lot of historical buildings and everything's very it's just it's such a different vibe right plus they got the ocean stupid bug um but yeah and then savannah georgia is like like saying the same thing it's like the culture right i remember i always go to um there's i always go to the same restaurant and it's not even the best food like out there but it's pretty good pretty good and i like that the employees like the way they interact with people is fantastic um what's it called it's called the uh the lady and sons by uh patricia no patricia paula dean sorry paula dean she's a very no well-known uh 
chef and i think she had like a show or something i don't even know i think she's got a whole it's bunch like of a restaurants. Cora's, like it is here right sort of yeah okay. like it's, well not really it's its own standalone okay. uh, com uh restaurant there's three different floors uh so sometimes they'll tell you oh go up to the elevator and then somebody will seat you over there and it's cool because the way it's it's all southern type of food um so you know you got your your chicken and dumplings and it's not dumplings it's dumplings <laughs> right with an n like the I, like ireland dublin yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. um then you got you know your fried chicken and uh your casseroles and all that cool stuff and it's like every single employee that i've ever encountered in that same restaurant has always been super super pleasant they start talking about stories so basically the way it works is you order uh a certain amount of meats so you can order two meats three meats um and then four sides which could be like you know your wow, casserole your corn oh it's oh. massive and then they also give you your your cornbread at the beginning uh biscuits and then you get your dessert at the end so it's based on how many people you're with you pay per person but it's unlimited right so at first like let's say you order fried chicken along with the dumplings and whatever you decide to a catfish or something so it's like east side mario's Sort of, yeah. Oh, yeah, like so okay. you keep telling them, like, oh, bring more of the uh, the fried chicken, please. And they just keep bringing more. But it was funny because I remember um, the last time I went with my friends Lamar and Chelsea, there was this woman who was working there. And we were, like, joking around, like, oh, I want to bring some of this home. And I'm, I was obviously, I know that you can't, right? Because um, it's sort of like a buffet style. You can't, you know, take things to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she was talking about, she's like... Y'all be surprised how many people try and steal food from this place. People shoving food in their purse and this and this and that. Like people put that. She's like, I've had people put thing food in their shoes before. I'm like, dude, I'm like, what? Like obviously they wrapped it up in a napkin or whatever, then shoved it in their shoes. And then the waitress is like, nah, -uh, nah, you can't do that, right? Like, would you please return those products back, please, <laughs> from your shoe? <laughs> I'll take those, please. And um, you know what? I'll take your shoes too. <laughs> exactly. So. It's, uh, it's pretty funny, but the, the, there was another employee that I remember worked up in the bar, and um, I remember she served me the first time I had ever gone there, and she was, like, talking to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm from Canada. You know, I'm fleeing the uh, the oppressive lockdowns that we're experiencing in Canada that were just going on forever, so I left. <laughs> and uh, now I'm down here experiencing what it's like to be free once again. I'm in your restaurant. You know, I'm enjoying food, whatever, whatever. And uh, then I remember, I think, a month later, because that was when I was away for about two and a half months, I was on the road, and I went back and forth to Florida uh, probably two or three times. And I remember I went back to the restaurant, and she was there again. And she actually remembered me, right? She's like, oh, my God, the Canadian. How are you doing? She's like, what are you doing back here? I'm like, I decided to come back to Savannah, right? Like, you treated me so good. I decided I wanted to come back. But everybody that I encounter over there is, like, fantastic, right? So many, like, really, really, like, super nice people they just want to be your friend they want to have conversations with you um and i just feel like over here we don't get we do get it sometimes but it's just not that it's often. an oddball yeah yeah in the whole yeah aspect of things right and i kind of feel like people's perspective of canadians um not that we're total dicks but we're not as nice as people often think canadians are nice try and cut off a canadian and see what see what you get <laughs> cut off a, a, a quebecois and see what you get ah, right i like, was expecting good. like all igloos that's, yeah. the, that's the normal cliche <laughs> thing I hear. yeah exactly <laughs> exactly right like we all live in igloos and we drive we ride yeah, I have an airbnb igloo just up the street <laughs> like, <right. laughs> yeah exactly come to my tp right so you know um, the server part you were talking about mm -hmm. i think it's one 
crazy hard job to yeah. do. Oh, it yeah. doesn't matter what it is. I mean, they're the master rapport builders. Like, yeah. for instance, like your your server remembers you. Like that alone is awesome. I don't yeah. expect that, but mm -hmm. that's that's like ambassador service yeah. level that wants me to come back yeah. again. And you said the food was all right, mm -hmm. but now to come to think of it, you were describing the food, how tasty it was yeah. as the story went on, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you've already respected them so much mm -hmm. about how much they care about their clients yeah. or in, you know, customers. It's just fantastic to hear. Yeah. And out of all places, if you ask people where you would want to travel to in the US, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, Charleston and what is it, Savannah? Savannah, Georgia. Like, it's yeah. not something that would come in my mind. Right. I didn't think Miami or Vegas or LA or whatever. So that's yeah. awesome. That's a couple of places I, mean, I've I been, might consider. I've been to all those places. I've been to Vegas. I've been to Miami. Um, haven't been to LA yet. Um, to be honest, there's some things that I would enjoy going to LA for. But to be honest, it's just eh, not really... Mm -hmm. Not really my my realm. I like kind of like you know smaller town kind of vibes and historic type of stuff. That's just that's just me. That's just yeah. what I like. Would personally. you like go to like San Diego or San Francisco? Maybe, maybe definitely not San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco is in a uh, a very mm. rough place right now. I never so knew that. I would uh, I would hide. If you do go to San Francisco, you got to be very cautious as to where you go. Um, the only problem is that their crime is a, getting a little bit out of, not even a little bit, getting a lot out of control. I think the whole state is, point. yeah. Yeah, so Cal California is kind of in a weird position right now mm -hmm. where they, they got some problems to solve, right? So um, for me, I just, not that not, not that nothing ever happens down in Charleston. Like there is a section of Charleston I've heard that's a little bit more ghetto and it's a little bit more rough and there's more crime, obviously. And I've been told, you know, obviously you're not going to hang out in those places by yourself at night. Just be cautious, right? Do your research and know where you're going when you're traveling, right? So I mean, every metropolitan yeah. area is always going to have yeah, that of section of, yeah. you know, you just we have it here, there, right? Yeah. right? We have it here in Toronto yeah. too. There's certain sections that, you know, there's yeah. areas that don't go and hang out by yourself in the middle of the night because um, there is a possibility Possibility that somebody or something bad could happen to you, right? So you never know. Just be very, very careful. But um, yeah, there's just certain places. I like Vegas. Like the vibe is cool in Vegas. Have still you been my to bucket Vegas? list. Still my. You know, I haven't list. done it. Oh, it's it's cool to experience at least once or twice. Um, it it is. It's a vibe. It's um, oh man. But the thing that kind of your brain kind of has to process is that everything is a recreation of something else it's cool how it's all kind of like a cluster all together and it is a fun experience um i think it's more fun or maybe less fun i don't really know if you like to gamble right actually uh, i'm not the biggest no i mean besides either. digital currency on the yeah, side like yeah, it's yeah. The, but like i'll go to niagara for instance or montreal mm -hmm. with buddies and i'll watch them play because it's so entertaining right yeah, they used to have the Wheel of Fortune game there. Actually, they took it away because there was ways of winning that. Oh, really? Yeah. There was, so they were actually so breaking good, the system? They, yeah, I don't know, but I won money just by doing that game. Really? And I'm not nice. a gambler, right? Yeah. But it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to Niagara just to go gamble. No, I'm yeah. going to make a whole day out of it. Like, mm -hmm. go to like a cabana or yeah, Copacabana exactly. or something like that, right? But, yeah, I've never been that type of person. Yeah, for me... Um, like if I were to go to Niagara, I just, for me, I think it's because I don't like big cities. I don't like all, you know, so many people around and feeling like I'm so confined and there's just so much going on all at one time. I like that small town kind of vibe. And I think that's why I kind of vibe a lot better with places that are, you know, small town, more historic, like Savannah and Charleston. I can go and stand on the sidewalk and read a plaque and that's 
that's entertaining to me. I like learning things, right? For me, I'm kind of at a point in my life where um, if I either am not being efficient for one, so it's like I'm not getting myself further ahead with what I'm currently doing, or if I'm not learning something, I feel like it's not really worth my time, mm -hmm. right? Um, like here, for example, on the show, I feel like because we interview so many different people and we get, you know, pick people's brains and have interesting conversations, it's worth it because I'm learning something, right? We're learning from each other um, and so on and so forth. And for mm -hmm. me, it's like I... I prefer to invest my time rather than waste my time. Obviously, sometimes you do need breaks and you got to have like those little trips with your friends. It recharges. Or, yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. You got to have the fun stuff in between. But I feel like my mind tells me that I really need to earn those moments, right? So usually before I go on like a vacation type of trip, like I just went on with my friends to Alberta and uh, British Columbia. That one looked awesome, by the way. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, but I felt like I really had to grind, like stock up, bank up on videos because I needed to make it feel like it was worth it because I didn't want to have to go and actually, um, you know, work on any main channel videos. I'll vlog along the way, just something kind of fun. Um, I think the fans would enjoy it, which they did. Um, but I didn't want to feel like I had to work while I was on vacation at the same time, apart from maybe editing and, you know, uploading some videos. So that's just where my mind's at. I'm just always, it has to either be efficient or I need to be learning something because I just, I really generally don't like wasting my time. Even like TV shows. Like if I watch a TV show, it's either going to have some sort of uh, maybe historical context or maybe based on a true story um, or maybe like a medical show where I could feel like I'm actually learning from watching what's happening and, you know, learning what these, even though it's essentially useless in my life, but I still feel like I... I did something productive. And then obviously once in a while you watch the fun, entertaining stuff, right? Like if you're yeah. watching like Harry Potter or Lord <laughs> of the Rings or whatever, stuff like that. Yeah. Actually, let me ask you something. Yeah. Like you said that, you know, you're not a fan of metropolitan areas. You like the low key places mm -hmm. on the map and all that. So like do your, your dream property, would it be like outside the city? Oh, I'm hell assuming, yeah. Right? Yeah. For me, um, I would like to have maybe like a ranch, I think would be kind of cool, cool, right? Um, I mean, I don't really have maybe a couple of chickens or whatever. Uh, <laughs> just a couple, by the way. Just a few chickens, uh, you know, maybe like a cow, get like natural milk, and then maybe eventually turn them into steak dinner. I don't know. I like mean, a fried be... chicken down yeah, there in Savannah, I so of... I don't know how many chickens will be surviving once he gets that property, right? <laughs> but um, for me, yeah, like a like a nice size property, kind of, you know, on the outskirts of maybe, it doesn't have to be so far from the city, um, but it could be on the outskirts of a larger city, but far enough away that I'm not dealing with hearing the traffic. You get, you know, that uh, sort of, that solid right that quiet that sometimes when you get that quiet I find that very refreshing whereas if you're it's kind of like a way to unplug when you're done working at the end of the day you want to go home and you want that solitude and you want to be able to hear sometimes nothing mm. that's what I like about going into the middle of nowhere if I go to the desert I will literally stop in my place and just stand there for a second don't move don't make a sound and just listen and all I'm listening to is literally nothing because here we don't get that that's right right at home um you know it's my area is relatively quiet it's not super super busy or noisy or anything like that it's very suburbs but eventually you'll hear a plane or you'll hear the train which is like 10 kilometers 15 kilometers away from my house but i could still hear it in my bedroom late at night when you're trying to fall <laughs> asleep 
It's like, I would like to just have that area where I could just stop moving and just hear nothing until the chicken decides it's going to cluck. Right. But <laughs> apart from that, that's that's what that'll I be his like. alarm clock everyone. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> up until he decides to eat it yeah, yeah exactly the, the, the rooster until you know until the neighbor starts complaining hey your rooster's a little too noisy can you uh, do something about that we've actually had that happen. my friend had a bunch of his dad had a bunch of chickens and uh, they kind of live in an area where they're not super close to all the neighbors but they're close enough and they used to let the chickens and roosters <laughs> roam around the property and they would go like to the neighbor's house in early in the morning because the chickens the roosters they were all just wandering around the neighborhood yeah. and everybody was just very used to it but they at the end of the day the chickens and the roosters know where the food's at so they always end up going home but one of the neighbors actually complained to them they're like listen i like the fact that you got chickens and roosters and you know you supply us with eggs and all this great organic stuff for us but your fucking rooster is waking me up way too early every morning can you please do something about this so they made a decision and they took care of that rooster. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Right? I mean, if your neighbor's <laughs> complaining, it's, it is what it is. But I think the funniest part, too, about that was that um, they used to feed the chicken um, mostly like, because chickens, you can just kind of like keep your leftovers, like old greens and whatever, and they'll eat all that stuff, mm. right? So what they used to do was they used to keep all their um, leftover stuff. Like, you know, when you peel uh, a head of lettuce, for example, you can keep all that lettuce and just throw it in a bucket and then feed it to all the chickens. What they used to do is they would put it in a KFC bucket and they'd bring the KFC Oh my God. <laughs> I have a picture in my phone somewhere. It's a really, really old that picture. That I have to see. And it's just because they knew that when the KFC bucket is coming, that's their food. So I have a picture. There's Little a KFC, did they know. Yeah, they have a, there's a KFC bucket and there's just like... 10 chickens all trying to come towards this bucket <laughs> because they know it's dinner time and it's just like oh my god just the irony of a kfc Picture bucket of chickens right? eating out of a kfc bucket oh man it's, it was the, the one of the funniest things i've ever seen but that is really funny. yeah for me i'd rather live out in the uh the middle of bumfuck nowhere live in the woods or something like that that would be pretty cool nice like a, like a bunch of acres of land mm -hmm. like a pool or yeah yeah something like that uh maybe somewhere in in florida close to the beach or something um eventually i'd like to own a couple of different like you know kind of vacation properties especially because i bounce around so much like i like going to arizona once in a while i like go to florida texas it would be really awesome to own like multiple properties around mm -hmm. there um, maybe either use them as airbnbs or maybe uh you know use them as my own uh um, hubs pretty exactly much, right? right it's like oh i'm gonna go to arizona this weekend fly in for two three days and i know i have a place to stay so i don't have to spend the money on an airbnb or hotel or whatever it is um plus it's you know it's obviously an investment but yeah i know florida is booming as far as real estate is right oh yeah now, that's 100 percent. Sure. but the crazy part about that is that florida real estate so when you compare um florida real estate to toronto or anywhere here in the metropolitan area of the greater toronto area the money that you can spend in florida is incredible for what you're getting and i think a lot of people are not really understanding that um so for example, I remember finding a real, I think I showed it to you. Remember I found some real estate uh, listings of some properties oh, yeah. and these yeah. were like beautiful homes, like 2,500 square feet. Um, you know, you had your own pool, you're in a gated community and you're literally right across from the beach. I think it was in Melbourne, Florida, 1.2 million US. So that's roughly about what? 1.5 million Canadian. 
in Canada, in Toronto, what are you buying for 1.5 million? I'll tell you right now, probably like a on like a generic Woodbridge or Bolton property, right? Just like a two-story. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not disrespecting those yeah, people that yeah, live yeah. there, but it's something like that. That's what it is. Or, Toronto is nuts right now. Or a, like a one-floor condo, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. one or two bedrooms max. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like Park Lawn and Lakeshore, mm-hmm. for example, right? Like, yeah, I mean the real estate in comparison is like it's not like far off to what we have over here, but it's like if you like good weather more or less all year round except for hurricanes obviously and you know sometimes tornadoes in the ocean um if you like being able to go to the beach because it's literally steps away from your house like that's ideal right in toronto it's like you get three decent months out of the year like right now the weather here and it's summertime the weather has been kind of on and off right Mm -hmm. yesterday was kind of it was nice during the day and then all of a sudden the storm came out of nowhere right it was i mean they said that it was coming but still it was just like it switches on a dime right um you go to like alberta would be a nice place to live during the summer right except for like when i was there all of a sudden you had a tornado you had a crazy uh a crazy uh, uh hailstorm, and mm-hmm. it was just wild and I then mean, the fires right their real right. estate isn't that great out there either actually i knew a couple of people that went there and bought mm-hmm great area but they decided just wasn't for them around that area to pursue whatever their careers are their their life dreams are and then they move somewhere else and they lost money from selling so it really depends on the market that you pick Mm -hmm. right yeah toronto being it's a blessing for people that already have equity in their homes right but Mm -hmm. i must say it is difficult for people right now trying to get into it, you're probably going to need double income. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Dual oh, minimum. household oh, income, right? Or yeah. you just got to do what we do. You got to have multiple sources of avenues of, mm-hmm. com- of income streams coming through. What else yeah. can we say, right? But even still, it's like it's still challenging because of the way our markets, like or the way our mortgage system works. Like you got to have such a large down payment that it's like by the time you hit that first goal then all of a sudden they change the number again it's like oh now you need 25 percent down it's like well i just worked my butt off to save the 20 percent and not only that but in the meanwhile the house values all went up so it's like now my what used to be my down payment is not enough right so it's always such a huge challenge which yeah you really got to like kind of uh um look around at what the options are and see what uh where where the best option lies but yeah and that goes back to my mission as mm -hmm. to what i do is just building that blueprint to get to where we need to go for people like i think it was about four months ago i helped a guy he was 18 years old help him retire at 45 years old Mm -hmm. he thought it was far-fetched he went to multiple banks and those guys laughed at him yeah from his words and i showed him how to yeah. do it so there well, is a, a way a magic number right? Yeah, yeah right it's like you are going to go to a doctor that has a license to mm-hmm. back up his credibility but we're going through like reddit on people we don't even know yeah right yeah, exactly. so you got to have a credible source that's going to show you how to get there yeah you mm-hmm. see the end result but what are the, what what's that actual blueprint that's going to get you there it comes back to that mm-hmm. there is a way it's just you just got to get that growth mindset yeah, yeah. it's it's um like we said there's a there's a magic number when it comes to stuff like that. And I feel like uh, that's another issue with young people. And I know we probably did the same thing when we were younger. Um, we blew a lot of the money that we made. When in reality, there was so much that you could do by simply saving 50 bucks a week, 100 bucks a week. And it's so simple, right? And you could literally, like you said, retire by 45, 55, whatever it is, whatever your your goal is that mm-hmm. you want to accomplish. Um, 
but just people are not willing to make the sacrifices, right? Oh, well, I got to go to with my friends to the club and basically blow everything that I earned that week in one night, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, well, why didn't you just, you know, tell your friends, hey, I don't want to, you know, go waste all my money. Why don't we just chill at home? We'll buy a case of beer. It'll cost us one tenth of what we're going to blow in a club, right? But acting cool and spending a hundred bucks on a bottle, right? In our little booth area. Instead, you could have hung out at home also had a great time right and saved a lot of money in the process but i find a lot of young people are not willing to make that sacrifice because they, they got to have those good times right yeah and um, you know what we're not saying you don't have to no, go out no, all the time not. but if you just you gotta, you gotta like compromise a little bit mm-hmm. to get to where you need to go like your friends whatever their lifestyle is or how they grew up you can't compare that that's that's a trigger that I've noticed people, they do yeah. that constant comparison. It's never gonna end. When is it gonna end? Yeah. It won't, unless you take yourself out of the equation, just focus on what you need to do. And you're right, there are times when I've gone out, I enjoyed it, the college days mm-hmm. were fantastic. Yeah. It was $10 pictures at Blueberry Hill at Seneca, York, it was great. But like, those are memories, and then there is other types of income that you just gotta diversify. Yeah. So yeah, you can't go out all the time, Just just chill have that personal time to yourself mm-hmm. whether it's reading a book or audiobooks or you've mentioned something a lot in this podcast what is my ROI without even saying it mm-hmm. right what is my return investment getting from all this content that you're doing right yeah. it's just you got to keep constantly learning rather than being stagnant like you mentioned earlier we're always afraid of being stagnant yeah right? yeah that's um that's uh definitely part of life right um you just definitely don't want to for me I hate not doing things like i feel like i always and it's become a little bit of a problem where it's like you, you get to the point where it's like you can't even chill anymore or you're constantly moving you're constantly always finding something to do because i just don't like i said i don't like to waste my time my time i feel needs to be invested wisely um but yeah what are some so you do a lot of um so on tiktok you're doing a lot of these um sort of little talks, right? Like your little mini TED talks. Um, what are some of the things that you're really focused on learning when it comes to um, mindset? Like what are things that you're currently learning that you're trying to apply in in your work life, business life, personal life? What things are, what, what are those? Mm-hmm. Can you shout out your uh, TikTok uh, user? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Alessandro it? Kansian, Kansian AMC. Is that it? Uh, that's Instagram and that's also TikTok as okay. well. Uh, actually my Actual name is Alessandro, mm-hmm. but a lot of people butcher it or they sing the Lady Gaga song. So I yeah. sing, I say Alex is sufficient. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me on that. Um, when I was at the bank, we and I'm sure everyone has experienced this. When we had meetings or huddles, it was always about the numbers. I get it. The numbers are important, but it's always about the numbers. It's like a university professor considering you as being a number Mm -hmm. and no one wants to feel like that. So when I got into the finance world of the brokerage, they had dedicated to this day, every Wednesday for two hours, mental toughness training. And that was revolutionary. I was apps. That's the main reason why I jumped into it. Yeah, I had a plan which happens to be from the same brokerage. So I have that for myself, but what made me join that firm was those mental toughness trainings. And that's all they're talking about. They're not talking about um, numbers. That's that's a, another day. That's cool, right? Everyone has their own pace, whatever. There's no pressure in doing that. Now, every Wednesday meeting, they start with good news for the first 15 minutes. Mm. And this may sound cliche, but it'd be like a person where, oh my God, I, uh, 
you know, I didn't do business for four months, but actually some random person Facebook messaged me and talked to me about my services. They moved investments over from their bank, and all of a sudden it was a nice little commission that they made, but the commission was relevant to that customer, what they wanted to do for the future. So it was just stories like that. When people lose the fire, lose the motivation, they come back and hearing other people's stories, right? And that just shows that the company doesn't want to leave anyone behind. So going back to these YouTube shorts, which by the way, I'm making YouTube shorts. Okay. It's a um, Canadian hybrid. Cause that's what I was going to say. Your TikTok is Canadian hybrid. Yeah. 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 I so think on, I got YouTube confused with Canadian Instagram. Hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. CDN hybrid. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. Obviously I Italian and Aboriginal. I mm-hmm. kind of had to think of something on the fly that was catchy, but mental toughness is something that I really love talking about. Uh, obviously finances, but I have noticed through like the news it's always fear-mongering it's conflict non-stop conflict i couldn't tell you how many times i've gone to the gym at 4 or 5 a.m in the morning i play a game where i'm like okay how many good news topics are actually being talked about and there's usually like one or two out of 25 (laughs) or 26 i'm not saying things are not crazy out there but are you telling me you can't find other good stuff to talk about Mm -hmm. so i uh we talked about this in mental Mm -hmm. toughness training at our brokerage is hope we got to bring hope back to people we got to get people to stop self-sabotaging their Mm -hmm. goals and trying to like get to that discipline stage when motivation expires kind of like what we were talking about earlier be very self-sufficient tim grover i don't know if you guys have heard of him Mm -hmm. he's the mentor to michael jordan and kobe bryant's success and he always said obsession they were not passionate they were obsessed and that just hits volumes to me you got to have that obsession to just keep on going right like what is it going to take to quit on your life goals and dreams that question i say that to myself out loud sometimes when i feel like it's one of those days where oh shoot you know what it was out of my control did i do everything possible to get to the next stage and you just have to really brainstorm it take away the emotions got to put logic into place and just keep going and i think when i think i've had so many people all over the course of all the jobs i worked at it's every morning the traffic was bad oh this is what's going on in the news someone passed away look at this area so bad what's going on in canada what's going on in the u.s mm-hmm. and you just got to like take away all that bs and just get your mind in a specific state and i will say this getting the license to do what i do now it's called the loqp i'm sure you guys mm-hmm. know that right it's similar to the mutual funds license yeah. I, yeah, I think i think that's what we both had yeah right? it's called that's the loqp life license qualification program yes. or whatever, yeah. Right? yeah yeah we have i fell too. in love with audiobooks from that point because that's mm-hmm. what made me pass and get my licensing in the first place and i'm non-stop listening to audiobooks on the road mm-hmm. i think i think i don't know how many i've listened to maybe like 15 of them i'm listening to one uh, called Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, and he's oh, yeah, like um, he's like a Navy SEAL guy oh, talking about him. ownership yeah. and all that. Oh, it's so good! But you got to keep that mind in focused, ready to go. But also make sure that your self belief system is indestructible. It's bulletproof. No matter what haters you're gonna have, like YouTube, for instance. I've had haters. We all have had haters, but that mm-hmm. should keep you going because you're doing something right. People are always gonna be jealous of your success whether you know them or not Mm -hmm. and just propel there's going to be keyboard warriors every day i always laugh at it and you just got to keep going so i'm kind of trying to bring hope and uh trying to not get rid of conflict but minimize it as much as possible yeah right but it 
it goes down to your circle mm-hmm. too. And I will say this, not my parents specifically, but I do notice some parents are dream killers for their kids mm-hmm. where they think that's not the way to go. Yeah. Right. And well, I get a lot of them. It. A lot of them are so used to um, very traditional jobs, ways of life, um, things like that, where they don't, they don't really under, understand what it is that you're trying to accomplish and that you're, able to do something different right so like trying to for example trying to explain to my 88 year old grandmother that i do youtube right and she thinks it's a job right which it kind of is but you know i work for myself nobody tells me what to do um so it's my own business i don't i'm essentially self-employed right um but trying to ex- so when she asks me she's like oh how's it your job right and i'm just like it's good nonna like everything's everything's good because it's it's too complicated to explain to her that and i've tried explaining it like you know i make videos i put them on the internet and youtube pays me right but they're just you can see that just it's not clicking for them because they don't understand because they're stuck in that old traditional mindset of you know going out and getting a quote-unquote normal job um which not by any means is my job anywhere near normal um but yeah they're just they're stuck in that old way like even my mom like sometimes she doesn't get it like when i'm trying to do certain things like when i was um getting this place and i'm explaining like you know what the rent expense is and the amount of money that i'm gonna have to spend to be able to get this place up and running to make it you know look the way it is to make it operational make it comfortable for us and our guests um and it's like it's an investment right whether this podcast which right now to be honest with you guys is not making us any money and i'm not looking for sympathy or anything like that but that's just where we're at i've invested this amount of money and eventually it might turn into something um but right now it's just something that it was a project right and i understood that from a business perspective you have to sometimes take the leap and try to do things and it may not eventually work out in the long run i've done tons of businesses that didn't work out but where I'm at now, um, you know, after working my butt off and having a certain goal, I finally achieved those goals and I kind of wanted to expand on that a little bit. And that's why I kind of did this. It's like, what's next? Yeah, right? exactly. Right. And my mom didn't really like understand. She's like, oh, you're spending all this money. And it's like, mom, who cares? It's a business expense, right? Like I, at the end of the day, I write it off, right? Whether I, this makes a hundred dollars or a hundred thousand dollars at the end of the day if there's an expense i write it off right if i happen to make money i make money right that's that's how business works but they won't understand it because they've never done anything like this themselves i mean the opportunity to do youtube didn't exist when they were younger yep. right the opportunity to work on maybe social media um to definitely do did not exist crypto then. investing it was it Nothing. was non-existent yep. right back in the day if you wanted to invest in the stock market you had to call a broker and he had to physically you know get somebody to submit the ticket on the floor in the stock exchange or whatever now you could literally download programs and do it from your phone right if you want to buy an apple stock tomorrow all you got to do is go into this program like wealth simple for example and click a button and you've instantly bought a hundred shares of apple mm-hmm. like automation it's is amazing, that it's another level right? Right yeah, now. yeah it's amazing um i mean obviously we are going to probably run into some some issues with ai and um automation type of stuff like at grocery stores i know that they've recently started running into issues with theft at uh, these automated uh, self-checkout counters but um those types of issues are going to come around and then eventually as human beings we will solve them we'll figure out ways of um getting around them right um like for example in california do you know what they're doing now in california this is wild so when you're i think it's in san francisco 
Um, when you go into a store, not every place has this, but some places are, have They can know where you're going with this, but yeah. You have to um, look up at a computer and show your face because it has uh, facial recognition and then they'll allow you into the store. And the reason why they do that is because theft is so rampant in San Francisco that they had to do that. Wow. So that way they could, you know, have a recording and recognize who everyone is that's coming in and out of the store. It's unfortunate that they had to go through those types of uh, precautions. Of all places, San yeah. Francisco. Well, they changed the laws, <laughs> right. right? So yeah. they they decriminalized crime essentially because um, now you can steal up to a thousand dollars. I and thought they that's can't, what you were gonna say. They can't do any. The cops that's can't do anything crazy. about it. The business owners can't do anything about it, which is just to me is lunacy, right? Like I, that's one reason. Like I don't really want to go there i don't i would never live in a place like that it's just not for me if you guys want to deal with it by all means that's up to you right i know for some people obviously they're stuck in situations where they're in these uh crappy city centers where they just it's not like they can just pick up and move and i understand that i totally get that for people who are in those positions however um if you do set it as a goal, figure out a way, figure out, go outside the box to find a way to actually do that. Let the opportunities open up and find something outside your comfort zone. Exactly. Yeah, that can give you the opportunity yeah, right? to do that. Right. Like for me, eventually I would like to move to the U S and live there permanently. Um, but somewhere obviously that I really want to, right? And I'm constantly thinking of ways of how can I make this happen? Because I have to hit certain goals in order for that to happen for myself, right? Um, but yeah, that's just the way it is, right? But yeah, San Francisco is like, if, I think everyone's moving out of California last couple of years yeah, to like Texas and Florida yeah. with everything going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's cheaper to live. Um, you you can live with a little bit more um, peace of mind, a little bit more freedom. Um, crime is significant. Not that, you know, every city in Texas or Florida is perfect by any means, but there are areas that you can move. Even in California, there are certain areas you can move into um, that are, you know, much safer, um, you know, things like that, a little bit more conservative areas, if you will. And um, Florida and Texas do have their their setbacks in certain areas. Every place generally has pros and cons, right? I mean, we went to Japan. We thought it was an amazing country. An I've amazing heard nothing place. but good things. Oh, yeah. There's a lot mm. of good things, but there's also some things that are not so good, yeah. right? Um, like, I mean, people who live there generally have to work to the point where it's, it's, uh, it's, bad right like you're you're just endlessly working you you're essentially working to live which is not a life you should not have to live like that right just to make ends meet and that's slowly kind of happening here too now because we've had we're, we're starting to enter a very hyper socialized society um where now we're experiencing very high inflation because we've had uh, a lot of you know money spending because a lot of people who didn't want to work wanted to stay home and get paid to do nothing well when you don't create anything the value of everything goes down and the cost of everything eventually goes up right it's just basic economics supply and demand if there's high demand for things but nobody's creating anything then the price of a specific product might go up right so um it's like if you have 15 people who want cars but there's only 10 cars so the value is now people got to fight over it and there's going to be five people who are going to be left without a car 
right? And so, being in the car business is still happening. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's happening more and more because now you're having, you know, shortages of certain parts. You know, there was a chip shortage a while ago. Yeah. Um, still happening. It has yes. not ended, yeah. No. And I do know there was a, there was a large problem um, when things first started to open up after COVID. And I know this happened uh, with rental car companies because the rental car companies got rid of their entire fleets because nobody was renting cars. So they said, well, there's no point in having all these cars sitting here seizing up on our lot. And plus, they also want brand new cars for their customers. All of a sudden, everything opened up at a, at a very quick uh, rate of speed that all the rental car companies had to now order new fleets of vehicles and uh it you know supply and demand all of a sudden the supply was diminished because a lot of these car manufacturers had slowed down during covid and then all of a sudden the demand just went poof, right and then it was like okay well we gotta start slowly turning everything back on and um you know eventually catch up and uh hope hope that the markets kind of balance out in that respect right but Mm -hmm. it takes a long time right when you shut everything down for for a couple of years it's going to take some time to get back up and running it's like these old oil oil rigs right people don't realize why the oil prices had gone up so drastically was because a lot of these oil companies they shut down their systems so you shut down an oil old oil rig it's not as simple as just turning it back on right pulling the pull cord and then all of a sudden the thing's running again it doesn't work that way part c's um sometimes you gotta completely destroy the entire structure and then completely rebuild it in order to continue you know um either whether you're mining or whether you're uh fracking for oil or whether you know things like that um it takes a long time to rebuild an an entire structure or system like that so yeah and that's why we ran into a lot of issues i want to ask something yeah do you guys remember when the blackout happened in 2003 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm curious what were you guys doing around that time when it happened (laughs) i was I was at my cousin's house. They didn't live too far from me. I used to ride my bike over to their place all the time and just spend the day or whatever. Um, What the heck were we doing that day? I think we were just hanging out at their house and then all of a sudden, whatever, the power goes out and we were waiting and waiting and it just wasn't coming back on. And uh, I remember my aunt um, was trying to make um, cutlets, chicken cutlets, and she had already made them. So... The problem was that the stove upstairs was electric, obviously no electricity, so she had to go back and she had to go into the basement to use the gas stove, but the problem was no light, so she couldn't see what she was doing. So my uncle finally comes back home and he's like, yes, I finally have a reason to use the damn uh, gas generator that I bought. So um, he hooked up the gas generator and then hooked up the big, because he was a construction guy, so he had the big spotlight things that you can like move like this. And uh, so she's just, you know, in the kitchen with these stupid spotlights and all you hear is the gas generator for like an hour and a half. And then for some reason, they decided we were just going to eat in the basement, which I couldn't figure out why we even did that. But that's just that was normal, right? To eat in the basement. Um, and then what was it like a, a day, two days later, the power finally came back? I think it was longer. I feel like that. it was less than a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something like that. A couple days or less than a week. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. only reason why I brought that up because you were talking about the grid, oh, yeah, how yeah. long it takes yeah. to get yeah. everything to going, things. right? That was because of a fire, I think, right? There was a fire. I don't even at the, remember what it was. I think it was at the Niagara plant or something like that. Maybe. There was a major fire, and they had to shut down the whole plant, which essentially made like 
uh, what was it, like 10, 15 minutes? Basically, all of Ontario was out yeah. of, there, there was no power whatsoever. That right. was crazy, man. All, all yeah. Eastern Seaboard, yeah. actually. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. wild. Do you remember you where you were at? I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, I think we were with family. I think we were visiting my same thing, cousins, but in Ottawa. Something like that, or with my grandma out there, or something like that. I don't, I don't remember the details. What were you doing? Oh, boy. So, the reason why I brought that up, going to a whole power outage there, um, I was four months into the grocery store job. I started in March 2003, and it was August 2003 when that happened. There was a huge heat wave that year. Like, there were so many deaths in Europe for how bad that heat wave mm. was. That year was unique. It was the West Nile virus and SARS in that same oh, year. Man. That day, it was so hot, wearing a huge uniform. There was no, like, T-shirts, plus an apron. And I was doing, like, buggies and, and propane tanks for selling left, right, and center. But... That was like one of the longest days of Yeah, because I like think everybody working. was barbecuing at yeah, that point. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. fortunately, like you were talking about how your your family adapted, mm -hmm. you know, like decided to eat in the basement and all that. I was fortunate enough to live in a dead end street. Mm -hmm. And we all had like a fan like a, it was like a little mini gathering of people's barbecues and food and all that. But that year was very interesting. I tell you when that happened, because that was like a long day. I felt like that day never ended. It was just like Oh shoot! This is only a part-time job. Yeah. I hated every minute of it, but hey, we, the show must go on, right? We gotta be, we gotta gotta roll with the punches mm -hmm. when stuff is out of our control, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that exactly. was a very very unique time, I must say. I, I wonder how if if the power went out for like a month, what people would do nowadays? Like that was two thousand three. Three. Yep. Um, Twenty years. And yeah, that was a long time ago, and I feel like a lot of people had a really hard time dealing with it then. Now that we rely so much more on you know technology and um, like how are people going to charge their Teslas, right? So <laughs> things like that. Cell phones. Yeah, I mean even like the gas pumps didn't work either because they need some form of like if I really? recall correctly, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of like gas pumps that couldn't mm. operate because they run on electronic. Really? Like you couldn't pay for it, mm. right? All the ATMs were pretty much closed for the for two three days that it, it mm -hmm. occurred. So it would be, I think it would be really crazy if like, like imagine we were to get like I've heard this many times, but imagine we were to get hit by like a solar flare or something and just everything just was fried, like right? a massive EMP, right? A massive yeah, yeah. EMP that would just literally decimate every electrical infrastructure in existence, right? It would be like. You remember uh, War of the Worlds, yeah. the movie with Tom Cruise? And I think there was an older one way back in the day, too. Something like that, right? Where the only vehicle that works is like uh, uh, old carbureted vehicle, things like that, which unfortunately I do know some people. So I could probably get my hands on one pretty easily. But yeah, people wouldn't be able to drive. Uh, you know, you wouldn't have AC or heat. You would, uh, it would be like the freaking Stone Age, man. And there's, they do say that if you look at statistics, like people who have kind of studied that that area of uh, like a, like a subject um a lot of people would die because people would not know how to fend for themselves because so there'd people, be like riots or something oh, right? i mean even past the riots yeah people would not be able people would literally starve to death right because we're so used to here in western society um and i feel like a lot of us take it for granted because we never bother to actually learn how to do things if something like this were to happen like how to hunt how to grow your own garden um right. things like that right all of our food is is supplied through grocery stores well imagine all the grocery stores were done because of a situation like this what would you do right you'd have to 
grab a gun and head to the forest and start hunting deer, right? Um, or if you're fortunate enough and you had some chickens, you could survive on the eggs from your own chickens, but then you'd have to defend your chickens because then people now yeah. are going to get desperate and they're going to try and steal your chickens because yeah. they want your chicken eggs, right? So it's uh, it's a very tough thing, right? And that's kind of why it would be like nice to live kind of off grid, so to say, um, you know, get out of the large cities and learn how to do things for your own learn how to farm learn how to ranch and you know take care of your animals and whatever have some pigs cows and chickens and whatever and you're pretty much self-sufficient at that point so i think that would be hugely beneficial to a lot of people to learn at least learn how to do it right take the time how to know how to do things like that yeah you know right? what there are certain skill sets if you come to think of it mm -hmm. that it should be mandatory when you get older yeah right like for instance when something like that happens, you got to have a contingency plan. You got to have mm -hmm. several moves ahead in advanced. So you're not just all of a sudden procrastinating, but panicking and yeah. not being reactive when you're supposed to be proactive. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, me swimming for so many years, CPR is something that everyone should learn, yeah. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. It finances, one, yeah. learning credit, investment courses, mental toughness that mm -hmm. when your back's against the wall, how do I get myself to keep going? Like all of that would be so great because I think that every teenager needs to learn that. Right. And you know what? You could be the smartest person in the world. You're going to have a nice little certificate, bachelor's degree, whatever. But you got to make sure you have ethics. You got to make sure you're compliant. You got to make sure you have integrity. You got to make sure that you're going to take care of your colleagues. If you are going to have your own business, mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you are impressionable and you have credibility. So these are things that are not really talked about enough, mm -hmm. right? You can bomb an interview and you may all have all the skill sets on a piece of paper, but they're not going to hire you if you have attitude, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, or exactly. no, you know, don't all put too much enthusiasm, but at least put some grit as to what your purpose is you know so yeah i i, I agree you gotta have those skill sets right 100 mm -hmm. you gotta uh refine your skills so to say right get get better at uh improve your your typing speed right that was such a con like an important thing back in the day oh, right? yeah. oh my sucks your so words bad. per minute type <laughs> of thing i mean i'm pretty he said i can like look without I, I usually like look at the screen while i'm typing yeah. so um i can type a decent speed but yeah always look to improve right um what are some other things that you like kind of focus on you do a lot of like health and wellness type of stuff right so do you have like a specific diet that you go through well you know what exercise uh, regimen funny you mentioned that um let's talk about diet i think diet that word to me is like motivation mm. a diet expires mm -hmm. right so i'm a huge ufc mma guy i watch it all the time and yeah. i it, it the one thing they don't like is the weight cut yeah right so they're basically weight cutting and then they gain it all back but in the end i wonder if that's even healthy mm -hmm. because you're you're like some of these guys are like well the, based on the amount of like the the rate that they're doing it at is definitely not healthy because yeah, they're essentially yeah. like starving themselves pretty much. And then, you know, they're in the sauna and then they're working out, but while not taking in any calories whatsoever. But isn't that whole thing, doesn't that usually, that process, isn't it usually a day or two just before the weigh-in? That's when they're like really close the to, very to the, lot, the very end the of very it. They're in the sauna suit and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. could get dangerous too. I imagine. I know a lot of people have, uh, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, they've mentioned it before, how dangerous stuff like that could be because right. um because you're starving yourself and you're putting your yourself through this this regimen that's just 
so difficult for your body. Your body yeah. re is not designed to handle something right. like that. Your your body is designed to you know have a normal calorie intake and whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's not just that; it's also bodybuilding yeah. too. They got to yeah. cut to make sure they get the specific lighting on mm -hmm. posing and all they do and all that. But like, I respect all fighters doing the weight cut. But it would just as be as easy as you just train every year, yeah. not going too crazy, but just moderate. So then you're within that weight class of you fighting and you don't have to worry about health ramifications down the road. That's the way I would look at it. But then again, I'm not a fighter, yeah. right? But that's, I look at everything as a lifestyle. You just said it earlier about your grandmother saying it's a job, but mm -hmm. to you, it's not, it's more than that. This is the vision. This is your mission. This mm -hmm. is what you want to do. You want to service those people that are watching you, you know, or reading about you and you want to leave that legacy behind, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I heard this probably so many months ago, I don't know what podcast I heard it from, or maybe it was an audiobook. It's like, what does your last name mean to you? Mm -hmm. And that just like hits me. It's like, what are you leaving behind? And I think it all comes down to is that's that belief system. You can't, you can't, the diet's going to go. Mm -hmm. Once the diet goes, then what, what's going to happen then? Then you're stagnant. Yeah. And then you got to refresh the whole thing over again. I'd rather just be consistent. And then you're just going to get better and better and better. Like yeah. YouTube, I'm sure when you first started, like, you guys, you weren't the experts right off the get-go. You just had to learn the logistics. You had to learn the audience. You had to learn mm -hmm. teaser trailers to lure them in and create attention. Like, this is all just a learning process. But in the end, you're going to gain credibility. You're going to gain followers. You're going to get more traction just by keep going and going and going. Being adaptable. Isn't that funny? I keep saying that, but it's so yeah. true. You got to beat your competitors mm -hmm. right but find your own way in doing it right yeah. there's no one way there's always several avenues of how to get there right but yeah. i mean let's talk about health for a second this actually leans in to the finance world um when i was 29 in 2016 uh i bought my own place a year before it's my first place my goal was to buy my own property before i was 30 years old i did it at 29 so it was awesome nice. right nice. um and then around january of 2016 i got this bad bad migraine when i was at the gym and maybe because i was lifting too heavy i was doing deadlifts that day or something i was lifting too heavy and i felt like oh my god i feel like dehydrated i gotta like just chill so i just sat down in the change room and it, for some reason it's like someone took a needle and took a lot of blood out of me and i was like just holding myself together like this like i couldn't even breathe mm -hmm. the migraine was so bad so i actually had to drive home five minutes away felt like half hour just to drive home lie down i was still at the bank at that time i never missed a day of work i was never late always on time i actually had to call it and say i have a migraine the only way to sleep that off guys i don't know about you is to sleep that's the only way slept wake up i still feel like it's happening my vision is off so you knew something was wrong something was off yeah. and uh the only thing that helped was pre-workout that i used to go to the gym oh, okay. it was like a sugar rush oh, okay. or a caffeine rush that made me feel good but then again it's gonna wear off yeah still the pain was excruciating i was like this is not i've only had one migraine in 10 years prior to that yeah. day something was off anyways i go out of the clinic they say, you know what, maybe you're stressed at work or maybe you need some Advil. And I'm like, okay, fine. Still didn't take that advice seriously. Something was definitely, definitely off. I started throwing up mm. when I got home. Now, now it just seems really serious. So gut feeling, guys, I will say this, at least it's for my story, ongoing, saved me. 
I went to the emergency at Credit Valley, which is in Mississauga. Drove there, 12-hour wait in the emergency room. Like, yeah. some people just wait in there for the most ridiculous things ever when they could just go to the clinic, for goodness yeah. sakes. Yeah. But anyways, that's the uncomfortable suffering stage that we always talk about. And they found a brain aneurysm in my oh, head. Wow. Um, I just can't that's believe. 29. 29. That's it was genetics on my mom's side of yeah. the family. They've had some people that obviously just just on the spot. Yeah. Just wow. popped dead. Thankfully, they caught it. They uh, take the ambulance. They bring me all the way to Trillium, which apparently are one of the best in Toronto. They're the experts. They say, Alex, there's one of two things we can do. One, we uh, take it out. But there's a chances of stroke that are extremely high. I said, okay, what's the second one? I'm already yeah. going to think the second one by now, right? And they're like, they're going to put a metal coil around the aneurysm so it holds it together. The success rate is like 90%. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely picking that one. Yeah. So we do it. When looking back, I mean, I handled it so well. I was doing push-ups two days after surgery in the hospital, right? And I could not sleep in the hospital. Guys, please... It's impossible to sleep in the hospital. It's yeah. so loud. You're right. talking about like go trains from like 10 kilometers away or planes. Yeah, exactly. It was nonstop shouting <laughs> the whole time, right? But, you know, survived. I'm here. I'm meant to be here. That kept me going. And uh, I, uh, the big reason why I got into finances is that thank thankfully, thankfully the bank had short term disability, as most places do, short term, long term. Short-term being 100% of your salary, but three months passes by, it's 60%. So getting your first place, uh, you know, your own mortgage property, the first year is tough. You know, you really are taking, you know, responsibility, self-reliance. Yeah. You're buying your own food. You're hitting property taxes. You're hitting all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? So I had to rush getting out of short-term disability and recovery faster than I had to because I had no choice. But what's crazy is... The brain aneurysm, even though it happened, the bank didn't have coverage for my head. OHIP covered surgery. I want to make that clear. Yeah. But every corporation out there should have basic critical illness coverage, which is called, uh, you know, you get coverage for cancer, loss of sight or limb, or heart attack or stroke. Brain aneurysm wasn't part of that package. So for wow. the for the actual short term disability, well, policy? short term was covered. Okay, but there's also critical illness. Right. So let me give you an example. Let's say I had a a financial guy say, Alex, you know what? You need critical illness because mm -hmm. you had you know cancer, which runs in my family too. Cancer and brain aneurysm runs in the family. High cholesterol. We should get these critical illnesses. People what don't know is that life insurance is basically when you pass away, you get the coverage for your beneficiaries. Critical illness is the opposite of that. You survive, you get a lump sum of money. Mm. So let's say I had 100 grand coverage, short-term disability covers me for the first three months, but then I also get 100 grand as a lump sum of money right then and there, so then I don't have to worry about my recovery right. for the next year or two. So that's so, saying, okay, hey, I can't work, this is the, this is the point. I can't work. If I choose work, not to work, but I can still get the lump sum regardless. Yeah, I guess so would somebody be... has to say, "Hey, you're not going to be able to work and return within maybe a year or two. Or how? Not how necessarily. Like... Not necessarily. So maybe I give a better example. Let's say I'm helping out a client and he's uh, an engineer making 150 thousand a year. The proper 
thing to do is when I'm looking at his plan, yeah, we all like talking about savings and investments, mm -hmm. but if he does, God forbid, have a critical illness in the future, I can create a plan that covers up to 25 critical illnesses. Mine was just four. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. learning the hard way, I want to give a foundation to all the families who want to help. I'll give 25 critical illnesses, the maximum. And it's not that much as people think it is. 150,000, I'll put as coverage, or 200,000. So if he happens to take a year off, he has 150,000 as a yeah. lump sum, as a check. You have other places out there, I won't say, they'll put critical illness of 25,000. Don't get me wrong, that's good. But that's not, that's a fraction of his salary. So there has to be relevance to why you're creating that blueprint. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm here. I had tax-free savings account that helped me along the way. Cool. I had to find a secondary or third job to keep going, but it would have been nice to having that. Yeah. I'm not putting any fault on anyone, but there is something out there that's not widely talked about. I guess, it, yeah, it depends on what your situation is, right? I mean, yeah. a lot of times you get long-term disability would cover you if you have it, right? So, that But that's a you. course over month yeah. after month after month. Mm -hmm. You get a lump sum. That's great, mm -hmm. right? And something else to let you guys know about, because that's my why, mm -hmm. why I do this today, is to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what if someone says, Alex, what if there's no critical like what if i never needed critical illness what happens then did i waste my money well you didn't have to go through the issue of yeah dealing and that's with a good valid point yeah. Yeah. there because us being a brokerage we deal with like 30 carriers there's something called return of premium that you get all the money back at age 75 wow. if nothing happens so it's like an inheritance mm -hmm. that is not going into your rsp you know contribution bracket it's something else entirely mm -hmm. right so that's a win-win no matter what. Yeah. So that's that's huge. Yeah. Um, on top of that, uh, what was I going to say? Is um, yeah, that's that's basically what I do. Mm -hmm. Is the you know why I help families yeah. to make sure that the bottom is covered. If you guys have two hundred thousand in investments, right? Well, if you don't have coverage, you're taking all that money out. Kind of like what I had to do. Take money out of my tax-free savings account to get by. You have that coverage at the bottom. That you're not ruining your financial house right your whole thing is protected well that's what we try to teach hmm. right and i have turned down clients where they say i don't believe in it and that's fine mm -hmm. i'm not going to force anything upon you whether you guys don't see the value or not i said then i think it's best that you know that you think about it but while you're thinking about it make sure that you are taking care of your family because mm -hmm. in the end when that person passes away god forbid we're all going to pass away someday this immortality somewhat invented the last thing i want to see is a gofundme account mm -hmm. i have nothing against oh, gofundme yeah. accounts but you're you're getting money from strangers then but you put your arrogance instead mm -hmm. of taking care of your family right and then once again when we went back to what we said earlier what does your last name mean to you Oh, yeah, he passed away. But you know what? He didn't really take care of this family. What happened? Like, imagine having people know of you and thinking that, oh, my God, this guy passed away, but there's a GoFundMe account for his family because mm -hmm. he didn't put coverage in place. That would kill me, mm -hmm. right? And I know firsthand how that felt like, right? But, yeah, that's the main reason I got into finances, but this mindset as well. Um, and I'm just going to keep on going to make sure everyone's going to be properly taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hard but, to summarize, but I had to really oh, get to the roots of that, yeah. right? 
And of course, everybody has a disclaimer. Make sure you speak to your financial advisor. We are not giving you financial advice. We are mm. just talking in generalizations, <laughs> of course. Um, you know, for the record, you may, ideas. yeah, you know what? You may already have a great plan. Mm -hmm. You know what? Yeah, of course. And that's fine. Yeah. Right? Like, we want to make sure, but yeah, just make sure there is a plan, right? So, I mean, God forbid. Uh, you didn't have a plan and there was an accident and you know it, it, things can happen at any time i've lost a lot of family members just out of the blue um just crazy things happen sometimes right so you kind of want to plan ahead it's kind of like you know getting car insurance you don't want to pay for it but you have it in the event that you end up getting into a car accident or somebody you know hits your car and you know, at least you're 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 taking care of in that respect, right? Isn't that funny though? Mm -hmm. Like car insurance is something we all need to have. Yeah. But people just don't really care about yeah. and the people, financial protection. Yeah. When that's will, just as important. People will spend <laughs> more money to insure a piece of metal than their own uh body and flesh. Yeah. Right. So that's uh just a crazy thing to think about. Um but yeah, apart from that, um so health wise obviously you focus a lot on on stuff, especially after having an incident like that, which is just insane it's insane to think that something like that could happen because no one would ever imagine having an aneurysm and having to have such a major surgery and recovery and all that stuff especially at the age of 29 mm -hmm. like you think things like aneurysms and heart attacks are like old people things right like you know 50s 60s 70s type of uh, situation and it's just it's crazy how something like that i mean it's totally um it can just happen to anyone realistically like you said it was hereditary yeah it was? it was on my mom's side of the yeah. family and a lot of people uh, i know at least one or two people that had mm -hmm. it and one of them passed away instantly oh wow yeah that, that's that that's, was heartbreaking it's, it's what like a like an artery in the brain that's it's a blood airing, vessel right? that just pops right and then that's part of the brain which is essential for all functionality but that just shuts down everything i think it it's, can start as a slow tear and then they do what's called a, a clip i think they call it it's a coil clip yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah. i have so it's like a metal thing i yeah. have in there they, well yeah. they call it uh, from what i've heard it's called an aneurysm clip right so they put that and they just basically stop it from tearing any further and just hope that that does the trick yeah right? and i want to make this clear as well that mm -hmm. i i'm a gym rat still am yeah i work out all the time i eat healthy i'm always in a calorie deficit majority of the time i like my pizza and pasta not mm -hmm. gonna lie i play volleyball you know we do hiking all of that it was fine so it definitely caught me off guard yeah. as well so if yeah. someone's i hate to say it is obese not being mm -hmm. you know active and all that yeah the chances of getting stuff is higher right yeah that's just all comes down to it so you yeah. can only control what you can tr control but make sure you have that secondary outlets to make sure that your your mind is at ease like reading mm -hmm. or audiobooks or whatever you your niche is to keep going right so i find that very critical mm -hmm. and to this day i still get checked every year to make sure the coil's intact and the last couple of years because of the pandemic i don't know even my results yet the last couple of wow. years so that was also tough but it didn't hit me until i signed those forms i handled it so well so well they said oh is it's life-threatening i'm like oh i guess it is so I knew I conquered it. Mm -hmm. So I just got to keep going and, you know, live every day and just keep pressing forward without regret. I just love that quote. Do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Right. Be the role model that we're meant to be us guys. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. We're meant to be the breadwinners. We're meant to be the protectors for thousands of years. We are the hunters. Right. Mm -hmm. We got to make sure we protect. 
So you're you're saying that. Can I ask? Yeah. Um, you were also earlier talking about uh, going to the gym at 5 a.m. And you mentioned Jocko Willink. He's big on that. I think 4 a.m., 5 a.m. stuff. Uh, David Goggins. He did a, spoke a lot about his workouts and 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 the you know he he's a, a crazy example. What's uh, what's your what's your day? What's your week? What's your in terms of working out and health and that? What's your week or schedule look yeah, yeah. like for that so going back to what he said whether you write it down on a piece of paper what your schedule is i use google calendar or calendly that's great so that keeps me accountable obviously not having a rooster as your alarm you just use your own uh, <laughs> you know music to get an alarm going get you know have everything prepared the next day so whether it's coffee if you don't like coffee that's fine but maybe have a breakfast that gets you going so for me 4 30 a.m i put the alarm I get up, yeah, I'm kind of like not feeling like I want to go to the gym, but that's where logic has to come in. This is where discipline has to come in. I go right to the, to the, to the fridge, chug a bunch of pre-workout, take a cold shower, and then all of a sudden I do a nice stretch so I don't get hurt. I'm sure we had our share of soccer injuries sometimes when we oh, didn't stretch, God, right? Yeah. I was okay. a big advocate of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, stretch for like 20 minutes and then... Uh, stretch, get... but don't overstretch. Oh, overstretch, yeah. Because yeah. that's... Uh, don't do too much. is overexerting yourself. Yeah. And then you're actually... Um, diminish that so they say this a lot of times if you're like pro athletes or just athletes in general like don't stretch to the point where you're actually like overdoing it because you will overexert yourself and then you will diminish your performance which it's wild to think of but yeah it's yeah, possible you, yeah. yeah and only you know your body but don't yeah, exactly. do too much of it so we do that and then depending on the day whether it's leg day or chest day or shoulder day i have a routine and then evidently you're gonna plateau you finish that workout Come back home. Um, I do a protein shake. Intermittent fasting is one of the best things I've ever done. I've done that for so many years. Um, I, do I don't. Every, I do it almost every day. Like that's awesome. Yeah. That is Unless awesome. I'm on vacation, that's the only time well, I don't I mean, do it. When I'm gotta, on vacation, I go on the seafood diet, and that's basically I see food and I eat it. Right? So you put a donut in front of me, and I'll eat that donut and ask for a second one at that point. But when I'm at home, I literally I do not eat. Like so, for example, today. Uh, well, actually, no, today's not a great example, but uh, I think yesterday I didn't eat until like six or something like that. So I got up. I got up a little I bit. I did that later. yesterday, too. Did you? Yesterday you and just, the day before, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But doesn't it feel yeah. like, like, it doesn't it feel satisfying despite it mm-hmm. at times? Like, oh, but you just feel more productive. You get used to Whatever tasks it, you're yeah. up to doing, you know? like For me, like, my kind of uh, diet and routine has become very uh, ingrained it's it's almost kind of like a muscle memory thing but it's just kind of ingrained where it's like i know because i i eat like i mentioned before i only eat typically very keto so like you know my proteins um my vegetables i stay away from carbs sugars and i've just in the in the early days like you did keto as well I don't yeah. have you done keto before? i can't say i have no no <laughs> um but yeah so keto is very it's, it's essentially uh high fat moderate protein um and very low carbs and basically no sugar mm-hmm. right um when i was doing it in the early days like when i first started last year like i mentioned before i was like 217 pounds right um and i'm just like okay i need to figure out what what to do about that so right away i started researching okay because I, I remember you had recommended because you and uh, and the wife had yeah. done uh keto oh so you're the had, one that gave him the- yeah <laughs> oh, okay. yeah so they had, they had really I good was results. doing it yeah. right yeah so this is before covid but mm-hmm. i was doing it and i was going really hard at the gym mm-hmm. uh 
but it was a because I was enjoying it because I was going with two friends and I was going to an MMA gym. Right. So I was learning Muay Thai and oh, uh, cool. this, and so, so fun. it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. We were going to I think three times a week to the gym, um, and it. You know, great for me, sad for her. Uh, she was doing all the cooking and it, mm-hmm. she's an amazing cook and it was awesome. I loved keto and I recommended it to, you know, if anybody wanted to lose weight. Yeah. Um, I lost like 30 pounds within, I think, a couple months, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, huge for me at the time. And then COVID happened, yeah. the gyms closed and we fell off of that. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, sometimes that hit just, me hard when they yeah. closed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That sucked. Yeah. Going to Canadian Tire, Walmart, buying like weights, but they're all sold out. So they yeah. go from Amazon and or buy <laughs> resistance beds. It's just not the same. Yeah, I, I mean, it's some sort of activity. Mm-hmm. I get it, but it's just not the same. Not at all. So it's like you have to have that secondary outlet. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Not just one, but you have multiple because yeah. you never know, like something like that would happen, right? Yeah. But for me, I just remember like the whole um, kind of it, it became a habit. Right, it became a lifestyle, like I had mentioned when it came to doing habit, yeah. keto and exercising and stuff like that. Now I'm I've been exercising less, but that's just because I've just been like overly busy, and I, I'm just trying to right now resort my schedule just so I can get back on track to what I was doing before. Because what I was doing before was insane. Like I would literally fast sometimes until the moment I woke up until like eight o'clock at night. I didn't eat a single thing except for maybe drink water and drink coffee with no sugar. See, that's what I was going to say. Coffee right? without yeah. so many calories yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. over a surplus. If you're it gonna, actually worked out. If you're right? going to have uh, coffee, um, it has to be coffee with only cream and the cream has to be at bare minimum table cream which is 18 percent or there are people who use whipping cream i haven't tried it but the people that i do know who've tried it say it's absolutely delicious is there sugar and whipping cream no no no, it's it's like a 35 percent fat it's very i mean there might be minimal amounts of sugar but it's very very okay i have to uh yeah so i mean at at bare minimum 18 percent table cream not half and half is okay but don't drink milk because milk is actually very high in sugar Mm -hmm. which a lot of people are not aware of right if you go and read the label on the back of your milk container you're going to realize that it's got a lot of sugar and it's not actually as good as you think mm-hmm. um that's why people like drink almond milk right i guess yeah okay. but I, f- I think the mm-hmm. almond milk has sugar too no i think people are doing almond milk more for staying away from the lactose yeah the, dairy, oh, the dairies yeah. maybe they're you know? intolerant to dairy but most or... of those almond milks and cashew milks yeah. and all that then most of those have sugars in yeah them. Oh, it's very, it's very high in i used sugars. to have it in my protein shakes and i kind of eliminated it and mm-hmm. just put water yeah and frozen fruit yeah by the way all mm-hmm. groceries i get are very high Go to the frozen section. They're cheaper. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. like a, it's like a very refreshing smoothie. It's right. so good. Right. Makes sense. But yeah, it's just for me, like at first keto was kind of difficult because you're like trying to get used to it, you're used to not eating carbs. So your body's kind of like adjusting to it. You're like, yo, what it's the like, fuck? What are you doing? What happened to the yeah. pizza and the, the cravings, pasta, right? Man, the cravings so, are good. Honestly, I didn't have, I wasn't bad with cravings. It was just like my body was like just adjusting, but it only took a few days. And then after a little while, like two, three months, it just didn't even phase You've me. You've mastered yeah, it. Like it was anything, just like right? like a muscle like, yeah. can just get continuous movement from there and there and there. Yeah. You're gonna get more built, or yeah. you're gonna get more hardwired to that habit. Yeah. Like right? it's beca- it's been over a year now, and my mom always like, oh, you can have a little bit of pasta, and I'm like, nope. No, thanks. I can mm-hmm. do without it, right? Like, it doesn't even phase me. Like, there is times here and there where I will have a pasta, but you know being of italian descent and growing up essentially with the italian heritage and culture we ate pasta 
every day. So it's like I've become kind of almost bored of it. Like it just doesn't even interest me anymore. Plus it's just kind of like ingrained in my head that it's like, nope, don't need the pasta. Pizza I love, but I just, it's once in a while. Right. So there I is also protein pasta that I fully recommend that you yeah. can get too. Yeah, I've heard. And I've there's heard not of that. really any sacrifice in taste because mm. it really is all about the sauce. Mm. If you but, master the sauce. But Alex, at good. the end of the day, I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm going to go and bother to make a protein pasta, I'm just going to go and eat a steak. Well, oh, you can have the steak and the pasta. <laughs> I guess. But... Like, I mean, if you're having one meal yeah, a day no, or two no, meal a yeah. day, then there you go. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Why not? It's, oh, I love steak. Or I can eat steak twice. Right. I don't Actually, know. speaking of steak, because I'm now all of a sudden craving steak. it myself. <laughs> Both of you, we gotta go to the Chop Steakhouse. Ooh, I've heard of it. Uh, my girlfriend works uh, there at the location of Mississauga, mm-hmm. but I've gone to the Burlington slash Oakville border line one. There's one at the airport. Their steak bites are so good. It's an appetizer. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely amazing. And their chop burger is amazing. And their prime rib is awesome along with their Ooh, steak. I like prime rib. We definitely got to hit that up sometime. It is yes. absolutely... I'm a little bit biased, but yeah. it is really <laughs> just good. Just because she went there? Yeah, just, yeah. But, like, I went there even before I met her. Yeah. It was that good, right? But yeah. I'd say it's almost at the level of the keg. Maybe at best close to it. But... Ruth and Chris Steakhouse, I think they're just a little bit higher than that. Mm-hmm. But these are like a newcomers to the game, less than right. ten years. Mm-hmm. But I fully I'll, recommend I'll give them it. A tra- so a try. I was gonna, so I was gonna say I'll give them a chop, but pretty <laughs> 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 in slip, right? Um, yeah, I guess I'll give it a try. Is it hello? I'm so what you're looking at? just about to ask my wife to check if there's any halal options. <laughs> I think it came up on the list the other day. We went to go see oh, sound, the movie Sound maybe. of Freedom, yeah, and I think it was oh. uh, in that area that we were in. Um, so we're like, oh, Chop Steakhouse, but we weren't too sure if it was like... Well, I mean, it's oh, not... that's, is that the one she checked? Uh, no, that was uh, Moxie's, I think. Right. Yeah, I think she was checking Moxie's. Moxie's actually has a decent ribeye. Right, I'm kind of a ribeye connoisseur. I love my ribeye, right? So Moxie's is like good. Um, the keg, in my opinion, as you know, it's just it's a little overrated. It's very expensive. It depends on the location. I know there's some bad experiences from other people from. Certain I haven't location. had a bad experience. I won't say I've had a bad a bad experience, but me going to the United States so often. And that's not fair. Based on, it is, it is fair, though. It's just to prove that Canada's lame, right? I mean, so, Austin. I can only imagine Austin, Texas, how good their stuff would be. Oh, but yeah, but okay, but that's like, like barbecue, though. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of great steakhouses in, in Austin, but their barbecue joints are fantastic. I know and in Nashville, I, they had some good steaks when I oh, had. That was some of the best steaks I've yeah. ever had there. So. But I think Nashville's more known for chicken, no? Chicken, like chicken, ribs, yeah. their mac and cheese was the best I've ever oh, had. I bet. I but bet. you look it up if you ever go around that area. It's called the Alamo. Mm. It could be maybe in the outskirts of Nashville, but mm. it's called the Alamo. It's hands down the best steak, yeah. mac and cheese mm. I ever had. Mm. Nice. Like Pat and Andy and Biggie would tell you. Yeah. Like we all went. Like it's that good. It was so good. But yeah, if you're comparing the keg to that, that's not even the same category. I it's know. like Pizza Nova to uh, a low-key... <laughs> but my point <laughs> is but my point is, is that the keg is supposed to be like this notorious steakhouse, yeah. and it's overrated. Like, the value is not there. The amount of money that you're spending for their stuff... Their prime rib is decent. I'll give them that. But their actual steaks, subpar at best. It's just... There's nothing... 
the amount of money that you spend, the the quant, the size of everything is not. I will say the portion size are right? a little bit smaller right. every time. Right. And I get it. I get it. Like inflation is is high, yeah. and it's costing yeah. the restaurants a lot of money, so it's it's hard to do business. But um, when I go to the states, I, I have a habit of going to Longhorn Steakhouse, and Longhorn Steakhouse is not anything spectacular. But it's like if you get a ribeye from the, from there, it's really good and it's not expensive, right? So you can get a 16 ounce ribeye. I think it's 16 ounce uh, from Longhorn Steakhouse, and it's like 30 bucks or something like that U.S., which is it's what like really good. 40, 45 it's tops. Really good. But I, I remember when we were on road trips, we would go like two times a week usually to Longhorn because it's there everywhere. It's not that expensive and it fills you up and it's good. Um, so for like two people, like with tip was coming out to like 90 bucks Canadian after con- like after conversion tip, everything mm-hmm. all said and done over here, 90 bucks. It's that's per person at the keg realistically. So it's like the value comparison is like, what's going on here? Right. Like we know we got some issues I mean, going on in Canada, but yeah, I know. like I is the it. beef industry struggling that much? But in Alberta, oof, by the man. way, question, let's shift it a little bit. Yeah. Breakfast places. Is there still Perkins? Locations down there? Uh, do you remember Perkins? Perkins, Perkins. I don't know. The I think so, yeah. I think it was I've like Golden there. Griddle of of like Canada, but Perkins was like, Perkins. I think there was Denny's, there was Perkins, there was IHOP. Yeah. But I'm I don't pretty know if Perkins sure, still exists. I'm pretty sure there is. And it's I'm like pretty a breakfast sure. place, franchise okay. breakfast place. Maybe I've heard the name. <laughs> Hang on, I'm, I'm searching. I recommend right not now. anyone having uh, diesel on your plate in the morning. Perkins, yeah, with Perkins, the female Perkins bacon restaurant makes. and bakery. Uh, yeah, I've been there. It sucks. Oh, I've seen that. I've it's seen horrible. That. It's oh sucks. my god. It's so bad. Uh, I guess way back when I just wanted to eat anything. <laughs> maybe. I mean, or maybe the decrease in quality, right? Drunk, it's like burrito boys. Yeah. It used to be so good, and yeah. all of a sudden it became it like anymore? multiple uh, locations. Just the quality is just. It like, happened. It's the problem is is that it was kind of like with osmos do you remember osmos when we tried it the, the very original. first time the street oh my one? god yes we went so to a restaurant good. with my I'm right cousin there. <laughs> yeah. we were there yeah. i'm pretty much five minutes area. away from there yeah so we went there and we're like man this is so amazing and then they finally they've started blowing up right yeah. after that what happens is is that they grow so quickly that these corporate head offices can no longer manage all the quality control. I have to say the one place that managed to do it right was Pizza Nova. It's not the best pizza in the world, but for a franchise in Canada, it's doing for pretty category, good, right? They're really good. Their quality is mm-hmm. is like it's consistent, right? No matter which location you go. I've never gone to a Pizza Nova and been like this Pizza Nova, okay. There was one situation where I had the service sucked, but the <laughs> was fine right consistency like the ingredients they've they've maintained the ingredient uh, uh, that they've been using for years right they haven't changed anything in that respect right but then you go to these other companies and they just grow too quickly and Osmo is a great example of it because they have seriously gone to shit Um, recently I found this one franchise there might be one near you but if you like shawarma Oh, love shawarma. Uh, uh, shawarma Royal, I think it's called. Mm. And I'm going to give them a huge shout out because I can tell that they're not busy enough. But the restaurants are beautiful, number one. The quality is actually pretty good. I'm not going to say it's Ontario, uh, the Ottawa level shawarma, <laughs> but it's pretty damn good. Mm. Like the spices are good. The seasoning is good. Their pitas delicious absolutely fantastic and they do like the veal and lamb mixtures when they do the salads it's like actually done proper uh uh 
traditional style where they put the coleslaw on the salad, which okay. is like such an uncommon thing for all these franchise Outside places. And I, I think that's actually like a real, like a like a traditional Lebanese style. You put coleslaw on the salad, right? Could I know be. Lebanese I people eat a lot it, of know. a lot of coleslaw, from what I've heard, anyways. But yeah, definitely a good place if you're in the in the Ontario area. Look look it up and see if there's one near you because you should try it. Mm-hmm. And they're open till three a.m. Ooh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes when I leave this place and we're out of here by like, because we'll do the after hours sometimes. So we leave by like, what, 12, 30, 12, 30 1 yeah. o'clock sometimes. Yeah. And uh, so I'll head down there. We get there by like 1 30, and they're ready to serve me. They yeah. know me. They know my order now because I keep going every couple nice. of days. Right? So it's gotten to that point. Do you guys ever hit up Zets? Oh, it's I used been to. Years. It's been years too. Yeah. It's been years too. Yeah. It's okay. It used to be good. Zets is it decent. used to be good. I yeah. mean, that's all I can say because yeah. it's. That's so there's a funny story with Zets. Zets was not actually what their original name was supposed to be. Their name was supposed to be Jets. But the Greek guy couldn't say Jets. So when he was ordering the sign to be made outside the restaurant. Get out. Apparently this is a true story. There's oh, a, wow. You notice how there's a jet at the front? I can't recall the logo. Okay, so at the yeah. front of the actual restaurant. It, I don't know if it'll come up I just up remember the by, banquet burger. But, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, he was trying to get the sign designed and uh, he kept, the guy kept asking him like, oh, what do you want the name to be? Zets, Zets. But he was trying to say Jets. Oh my God. But instead. So wait a minute. Like, he kept he couldn't pronounce the J? The, yeah, he couldn't pronounce the J. Oh, yeah. He kept saying it like a Z, like a Z or a Z or whatever. Um, it's like Cool um, Whip from yeah. my family guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah see? Oh no, that's Jets. That's something else. But yeah, if you, apparently the original sign, I don't know if it's still there, but apparently Jets. And this is uh, near, uh, Pearson International Airport. It's like right on Airport yeah. Road. If you're in the you area, you can't miss it. There's, it's like it's on a the left very, side, yeah. very popular place for Greek food, and they do all sorts of like diner style foods. And like they make it on the spot. Mm-hmm. It's it's unbelievable. From yeah. the time I remember going there. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I remember we used to have like our restaurant was kind of similar concept. I had a restaurant like years ago. We were on uh, Eddystone, uh, right up the street from uh, Com- the famous, the infamous Comiso Bakery. If you've heard of that place, they uh, they do a lot of boom boom over there. If you know what I mean, um, and I don't mean anything sexual. I mean literally boom boom. Like there's that that place got uh, you know people died there. Uh, we'll just say that. So, anyways, yeah, we used to own a restaurant that was like. Greek food and we used to do a lot of diner style food and uh, we used to make like home style burgers it's very simple just full fat ground beef um, garlic salt pepper uh, and milk don't use eggs to meld for uh, burgers actually milk is better because it doesn't dry out and it sticks together better Mm. than a lot of people use eggs but eggs dry out very quickly especially if you don't make the burgers right away Mm -hmm. so actually try milk i'm telling you you won't maybe cream i don't know i've never tried cream that probably don't probably don't do that but do some milk instead of i don't know if i'll do the cream either yeah yeah i don't know that might be a little bit weird (laughs) (laughs) i'm just trying to think you could be the guy to try it out first all right yeah exactly (laughs) because you've had my burgers my homemade burgers yeah yeah right yeah very good so i thought they came out fantastic it's just such a basic uh way to make a burger right and it's just absolutely delicious don't use any of that lean ground crap because no. you need that fat yeah that full fat well there's good fats in yeah, the end exactly. of the day right yeah. like you need those good fats right yeah exactly like i'm in, i'm obsessed with cottage cheese oh, i yeah? used to dislike it for, for some for some I still reason can't do it greek yogurt cottage cheese Put some raspberries, some blueberries, mm. mix it. Put some a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of honey. It's almost like a dessert. It's mm-hmm. just so good. Diffuse the flavor if you're not yeah. into it. And then yeah. if you put it in the freezer, it's like ice cream. 
Mm. It's so, I'm telling you, it's so good. Definitely gotta yeah, try, try that out. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're kind of running out of time here, but I guess the last thing that we'll go into is um, you were telling me that you had like some crazy ghost stories. Well, tell us uh, tell us a couple of like your craziest actually, ones that you can think I of. Talk about ghost bring the uh, just bring the mic a little. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> before about ghost stories, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys ever seen online the ghost of Carmel, Maine. No, have you guys no. seen that? probably one of the craziest um like paranormal videos i've ever seen mm -hmm. i don't even know how to explain it like you guys should just ch we should check this out afterwards where i'll describe what i saw so basically guy goes upstairs it's a two-story uh house goes up to his second floor it's his bedroom and he sees this shadow thing from the window but all of a sudden from the window it pinballs right under the bed it went well, like was this it like a, like a it light looks like a shadow it looked like a big shadow oh. and he just hits pinballs right under the bed the camera doesn't change there's no there's been so many things that they're trying to debunk it and then all of a sudden he goes under the bed it's gone but it just goes Hmm. And it just freaks me out every time I see it. Yeah. But you guys should check this out. It's called what? Ghost Carmel? of Calmar, Calm, like Carmel, Car Maine. C A R M E L, yeah. Maine. And then there's going to be like a 10 second clip where the shadow just goes Shadow Man or Shadow Man. Oh, it's a, it's a show. No, no, no. Well, it's he kind of did his own YouTube thing mm. because he can't sell the place. So he's thinking of just talking about. Uh, if you go on YouTube, actually. Where is it in Maine? Yeah. Um, type in. Oh, there it is. Uh, I'm trying to find like a 10, 15 second. Wow, clip. the video quality uh, it's, sucks. It's not that I good. Um, go to the search. Oh, I see. I think I might have actually seen that before. He like this, turns. This, he like this turns is the into the room. Paranormal stuff I've ever seen, at least from yeah. what I've seen. I'm all about all these paranormal channels. I love this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but um. Oh wow! Yeah. Lord. What the hell was that? Like, well, it would be hard to. I, hope, I, I haven't I saved on my better, phone, but it's just. I hope I can find a better. It's just like example. you see it. Mm -hmm. It just goes under the bed. It changes shape while it goes under the bed. Hmm. And there's been so many other YouTube guys trying to debunk it yeah. to see if it's fake. And, and they it's can't like, figure it they out. They can't figure it out. It's hmm. crazy. We got to look that up. Interesting. But, I mean, my Aboriginal side, you know, we are spiritual. Um, so my dad is Italian, he's the Catholic side. My mom is the, the, uh, it's funny cause it's like, she's not Catholic. Yeah. She, she's, she believes in the creator. What to us is God. So everyone believes in something. And in my opinion, I think you should believe in something to mm -hmm. keep your mind at ease. Right. So is she more like agnostic or does she actually, no, she believes like it's just, Christian. it's not really a religion yeah. when it comes to the natives or indigenous. Right. right? Yeah. It's so that's they, more, that's they, more of, um, because she's Iroquois, right? Right. So it's um, more of like a like a type of a spiritualism, right? You believe in like a creator, but it's more like intertwined with nature, if I'm correct. In a like way, it's kind of like the the how do you describe it? Like kind of like natural, right? Like it's your your environment, right? Like you see kind of like the trees are like symbolic of God, so mm -hmm. to say. Is that kind of how I'm, yeah, I'm mean, like kind little, of getting it a little bit a, a little bit right yeah. like there are several clans mm -hmm. in Ontario like I there's bear there's six nations there's right? yeah. yeah there's bear there's turtle there's deer mm -hmm. and I'm bear okay so that's my clan from my mom's side so what and is what does that mean it basically I have a name in the aboriginal language 
and I, it means where the skies meet. So oh, okay. I was given a name nice. when I was young. It's called where the skies meet. It's pronounced Deholuyak. Oh, cool. That's what it's called. It does take apparently 10 to 20 years to master the language, so I'm not I that can good only imagine, at yeah. all. But, uh, I mean, this is crazy. I've never seen it, but apparently every year we have a feast to, uh, to celebrate our ancestors like mm. if we, as if we never forgotten them. Mm. So apparently from at least one person on my mom's side of the family, they would see a spirit of their ancestry, which means it's a sign that we have to do a feast. Right. So we would go to the, like the longhouse, almost to the equivalent of other tribes like a teepee but it's right. a big long house big long wooden structure you got it right and then if it's not available if it's raining or thunderstorming mm -hmm. then we just do it at someone's house and we have to have all this food but we cannot leave the table until it's all finished mm -hmm. and then we leave a couple of plates of food and then we bury it in the backyard for the earth to take all of it okay. in to remind them that we we still remember them we still honor them and it's all about legacy is what i've always been preaching about this whole podcast right so it's just knowing your your uh where you've come from so in a way i'm kind of like half pure canadian if you come to think of it right mm. but that's pretty cool um this is a crazy story it wasn't actually me that it experienced it was my mom um my i never knew my mom's uh my mom's dad, my grand, my grandfather on her end, uh, he died before I was born. And my dad's side, I got to grow with him many, many years. And he unfortunately passed away in November. And a week before my dad's, uh, my grandfather, my dad's side passed away, um, he had cancer. We knew it was coming. Um, my dad apparently was filling out some government-like forms and they're in the they're in the kitchen and my mom's like i think i smell like wine or something mm. and i know um i know like we have wine in the cellar at my parents place so my dad's like i don't smell wine so he goes downstairs to check to see if there's anything spilled comes upstairs is like there's no wine but we he doesn't smell it but my mom does so they eat their dinner meal this is described to me, by the way. I wasn't there. And then after the dinner meal, my dad says, like, oh, if all of a sudden I smell the wine. Wow. So goes downstairs again, tries to find it. Obviously, you know, we don't want to make sure it leaks on anything in the basement. So my mom's like, okay, uh, go, go figure out what that is. I'll find your government papers and all that. He had to fill out some stuff. And she finds the forms. Under the form was a picture of my mom's dad who loved wine wow. and my dad's side the italian side loved wine as well and they still to this day couldn't find where that wine smell was but it was as if both grandfathers never met in this lifetime all of a sudden were cheersing each other across into the other yeah. side yeah wow. that just still gives me the chills to this that's day because cool. i believe in that stuff yeah. but it was also i mean to anyone that's had cancer uh in their family uh it's not it's not pleasant it's very painful and to know yeah. that they are in peace and in the spirit world that meant a lot to me but that was a great story she told me about and uh that's that's one of my ghost yeah. stories but it's never personally happened to me yeah. i can probably say when i've been at home late at night i 
thought I saw something at the corner of my eye. Mm-hmm. I right? find a lot of times in uh, in darkness, depending on how susceptible you are to the paranormal, sometimes you see things like pareidolia, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you see something in the darkness that when the lights are on, you don't normally see. Like there was one episode when we had with brad where i mentioned the story of uh, mo and i walking up to a, an abandoned orphanage and we both saw the same thing without communicating it right away Holy. we both told each other afterwards like oh there was this black shadow figure that was walking alongside us wow. that we could both see but we just didn't say any, anything because we didn't kind of want to start that freak out moment and end up running away right so yeah um but like the other night i had a weird one the other night um i was kind of in the middle of nowhere i was filming a, a randonautica video and i stopped for a second i had all the lights off completely just standing there where smart. were you i was setting? in uh oh my god why is it uh silver creek so okay. it's like north of it's like kind of almost shelburne kind of, nah not really more like terracotta but past oh, that love that area yeah okay. that area is beautiful so i was in uh in silver creek um i don't really know which county that is exactly but i, I go there pretty often because there's some crazy weird stuff happening in that area but anyways i was just standing there on the side of the road at the car park in complete darkness because i like to do this in the middle of the night when it's just complete darkness just stand there in the dark and then that's another area that's very very quiet until a car drives by but I'm like standing there and I can see something that's standing in the middle of the road that I can't see when the lights are on. So I'll turn my flashlight on. There's nothing. And I'll turn it off and I can see something. I swear to me, it looked like Jesus was standing in the middle of the road. Wow. Yeah. Like Jesus was standing there and you can see like a white robe and you can make out that the Per, the figure has long hair what? and I'm just like, what is going on right now? Like I'm, I'm seeing something and I'm like, yo, Jesus, my boy, is that you? Right? Like, I'm, <laughs> did you like say anything? I'm just kind of like, looked, I'm like, oh, there's something there. Right. And I didn't like say out loud. Okay. There so you're like processing it. Yeah, like what the heck? Yeah. Am I and I know I'm right? seeing something, but I just cannot figure out for the life of me. I'm just saying like, to me, the only comparable thing is that's kind of what it looked like to me. I don't know why it was very very strange but i don't know i can't say that i saw jesus i'm not confirming that but like i that's just to me that's what it looked like and then when i turned my very bright flashlight on there was nothing there right so now if you ran back that day before that moment (laughs) was there anything along the lines of your thought process that could have Probably, probably. I've been reading the Bible daily, so oh, okay. um, yeah. So a lot of times I'll, I'll listen to like the audiobook and I'll listen to it. And for me, like I don't like to listen to the Bible in the car because I can't process the information. I like to listen to it and also read the words as I'm going through it, so I can process it. And then I'll pause every few seconds so I can, you know, do a little Google search because there's certain words in the Bible that are, you know. A little bit more complex and i maybe you don't know what the definition are so i like to sit there and actually take my time as i'm reading it so that could have been why maybe because i was reading the bible and i was just you know thinking so maybe like maybe. a manifestation maybe possibly, right? maybe i don't know i don't know what it was but do you like did you like feel like a presence i felt like there was something okay, yeah i felt okay. like there was definitely something there. and i can usually I, i'm pretty in tune with that so i can usually feel when there is a presence and i can usually decipher what it is and i know that for a fact because um so when I go on trips uh, with my friends Chelsea and Lamar, um, we will 
go so she's a, a very very good medium to the point like she's a practicing witch like a um she does like wicca and stuff like that and she's she's getting pretty good at it she still obviously is is she'll tell you that she's a practicing witch and but medium wise like she's very good at picking up on um if there's a presence or if there's something maybe there and i know more often than not that if whatever i'm sensing i will ask her if she's sensing the same thing and she will say yeah that's exactly what i'm getting right so it's like for example we went to this place it's called the thomas house it's actually in tennessee uh, a few hours from nashville kind of like in the middle of nowhere i think it's uh in this bumfuck town uh called red boiling springs or something like that and it's super haunted like this place has a lot of spirits going on around that place What's the history of that place like uh so it was a i believe a family built home originally and then i think they turned it into a hotel or they built it as a hotel originally and they've always it's always been a residence for the family beautiful beautiful house um beautiful property um and it was just it was a it's a very very unique place and there's lots of stories of um the people who, over the last 150 years or so that have, um, you know, obviously generations of people who've lived there, who've passed on. Probably um, ancestry. Probably. Yeah, a lot okay. of times it's ancestry. Um, but there was one, so I mean, there was, so when we got there, there was this uh, older gentleman, super nice guy, and uh, he was um, telling us a story of this one time, he's elderly, so this one time he was like in the uh, main hall eating area, so basically you come into the house and there's like the front desk. There's like a really beautiful staircase area. And then there's like a, these two doors that go into this uh, big hall, and which is where everybody eats. And then behind that is where the kitchen is. So he basically the story was that he was there one day or night. I don't remember if it was day or night. I can't. It's been a while. And uh, I just remember he fell on the floor and he couldn't get back up because was elderly and i remember when when we met him like you can see that he was like struggling to walk very very slowly and and whatever it was mm -hmm. a very slow pace plus it's tennessee everybody's slow pace there right so um basically he said he fell over and there was this child it was a boy maybe six years old came up to him and um basically was just like staring at him and he looks up he's like oh hey little boy can you uh go get your parents and uh, get me some help and this boy like wasn't doing anything he's like are you okay and the boy's just not responding and then all of a sudden the boy ran off and just disappeared and then later on he saw somebody else in the place after he, you know he eventually got some help was able to get back up and he's like is there a, a family with a little boy in this in, in the house right now they said, no, there's literally no one here. It's just you and I. Yeah. So there was no little boy. He just saw, and they don't know, he doesn't know what the connection of this little boy was. However, when we were filming or investigating that night, um, we both were able to connect to, to this little boy. We both felt the presence of exactly the same thing. And we were kind of in a way communicating with him and trying to figure out like you know why he was there and like did he realize that maybe he maybe a lot of times they don't know that they have passed on right so they get stuck in these places and they haven't been able to you know move on towards the light so to say or go to heaven was it a good presence yeah it okay. was just a little, it was just a, literally a little boy i don't remember there being any negative presences there there was definitely some startling presences but i guess it's just because it was such an old place that like if something took a step 
off in the distance, you would hear it very loudly because it's such like an old house. Yeah, like, you know, the wonky floorboards and mm. things like that. Um, but yeah, honestly, that place was like super unique. I'd love to go there. I'd love to actually, in a place like that, spend like a week and just film like, you know, five to seven days worth of videos just all in one shot at this one location because it, it was just really cool. Um, very big and there was a lot of like you know knickknack type of stuff and it was just a really really cool setup and um yeah definitely go wow. check out the uh thomas house in tennessee but because they were super cool it was cheap it was like 50 bucks a night yeah so he's like yeah that'll be 50 bucks a night <laughs> i love their accents in tennessee it's so it's so amazing so i remember when i first called the guy to try and get some information to see if i could book the place and uh he's like hey, hello <laughs> all right and i'm just like hey uh can i uh see if i can do a paranormal investigation he's like no problem let me go get my book and he leaves for like two minutes and he comes back i don't know what happened i guess the, like the line somehow crossed i mean you gotta remember they're literally in the middle of nowhere mm. in some valley in the appalachians or whatever hmm. and it's just like their phone i don't know what happened to the phone so he comes back on he's like hello and hello i could hear him but he couldn't hear me right and he's like, oh, Christ. <laughs> I had to wait like 10 minutes. And for some reason, the call wouldn't go through. But I just messaged. They're like, don't worry about it. Just show up and you'll be fine. So they were, they were really, really sweet, though. It was it was him. And I think it was his mom. And then I think they've taken in their two grandchildren because they had a little bit of a, a crazy story. I think both of his sons both took their own lives Ooh. within six months of one another. So it's, it's basically him, his mom. Uh, the two boys, and I think there's a caretaker. I don't remember what the caretaker's name is, oh but my God. yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting place. Wild stories in that uh, location that I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I just remember them being pretty crazy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but I think that is pretty much it. We've already gone over uh, two hours. Um, I had some other things that I was going to ask you about, but I guess we're going to have to make a part two. <laughs> so we'll, teaser uh, trailer coming. Yeah, it's a teaser trailer coming. Yeah, we'll probably have uh, maybe like a short of this episode yeah. somewhere. But um, yeah, thanks for coming out and with uh, respect, guys. Thank yeah, you very much. It's been a blast. Well, Thank you. You're invited on and and anytime in the near future. If you want to come back, feel free. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for mm -hmm. tonight. Uh, thanks to all of you guys for watching. Don't forget to leave a like and uh, subscribe if you're new. Turn notifications on. Um, you can also check us out, like Moshi said, on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Leave mm -hmm. us a five star rating, that would help a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching. All right, cool. Anything uh, you want to shout out, Alex? Anywhere you want people to go and follow you? Um, you know what? I mean, TikTok be awesome or... yeah like uh canadian hybrid that'd be great sure. uh kansas amc um if you guys ever need a you know a second financial opinion mm -hmm. i'll be more than glad to help and uh i'm here just to help lives give the results to get you guys where you need to go and uh just make sure that the mental toughness and the discipline's there it's going to carry you guys to the next level keep climbing those mountains that's how I, that's how i'd love to uh keep just tell everyone out there just mm -hmm. become inspired yeah exactly have love a mentor that. that's absolutely. very critical too love that i love listening to you today man. thank you absolutely thank you. thank you so much for coming out thank you for uh watching us live here in the studio well live after live i don't know i don't even know anymore but, <laughs> um yeah that is pretty much it we will see you guys in the next episode see you later later